What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Middle cough! Hey, B! Second time recording. Hey, Ren! Third time recording Middle cough! <laughs> you know, we're yeah, a little rusty gotta, here on this Monday morning, guy. I know, I'm a little slow. It's my fault. Long travel day yesterday, so that's why. Anyway. Would you say uh, we started this podcast without anyone hearing a little bit like the Browns yesterday? Yeah, we did some good content for about 10 we, minutes. I thought we were flowing. We just, yeah. I I just, I'm only on my first cup. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't hit the record button. So uh, it makes it a little difficult, you know, to do a podcast when you don't hit record. You told maybe the funniest joke I've ever heard you tell, but it was good. It, it was, was funny. Laugh my ass off. All right, uh, but you know what? We'll be a little tighter this time now. A little more efficient. Yeah, a little more no efficient. Be, get get right into it, guys. Get right What's into up? the hard hitting content. Yeah, baby, we got some football, baby. You know what I loved about this weekend? We'll get to AB. What I loved about Sunday is. For as wild as the Antonio Brown story was yesterday, I just watched football and enjoyed watching football. Uh, it, it, great, it really it? is great. It's just football, and today is, you know what today is? Beside the A-B huh. t- conversation, it's kind of, can you talk about the games or not? Because there's only, there's not oh, as right. many NBA storylines once the games start. Right. Now, there is a lip like the Browns are a little bit of an NBA team, because you could just run, like, and I'm sure some be- people in the media will talk about the, the watch that him and Bubba Watson wear, but... And Rafael Nadal, LOL KNBR reminded me. I forgot Rafael Nadal wears that watch too. Yeah, I mean, so, but for and the me. most part, uh, like, the can four you of us, be, John. is Jacoby Brissett good? You know, is Jimmy Garoppolo, does he suck? I mean, th- these are the questions. These are the hard-hitting questions today that people are asking, guy. Austin Eckler, MVP candidate. Uh, he Melvin is, if Gordon. He's playing, if, he's on your, if he's on your DraftKings team, if you had him on your DraftKings team in the ham pot and we came up, we have to say this, so we got, we got to launch a new game, Middlecoff. If the game doesn't fill, damn, we got close. Then you just get your $10 back. So close, guy, but, you know, still no cigar. Yeah, you just, I think a lot of people were confused. Four people short, I think. Yeah, we were four or five people short. It's, for whatever reason, the rules on DraftKings, if you don't, whatever you set the game at, and it's all like even numbers, like an ATM, you know, 100, 150, 200, 200 is the max. If you don't get 200, they don't let you just play it, even if there's 196 people in. 
So it's a lot of people were DMing us yesterday, like, I got my money back. What went on? Well, the game just doesn't happen, which sucks. Though, I'm kind of glad because my team really sucked, and there's no chance that I would have. I think I did 200 people in top 15 got cash. Yeah. I would not have gotten the top 15, I promise you that. And uh, I would assume you probably wouldn't have either, so we just kept, I got $12 right now in my account. Okay, so we'll fire it back up. We appreciate everybody that jumped in and wanted to make it happen. Thank we'll you do it again support. this week. We will do it again, and uh, we'll we'll, we'll uh, be a little less ambitious. Although 200, I mean, if you'd give us another five minutes, because it was filling up at the very end. Uh, I, know. I was they, watching it. They, you know what they kind of screw you up? They cut you off right at 10. The games don't kick off guy until like 10.05. Yeah, I, if, I think if we they would have given us a couple more minute buffer, I I don't know. I think we might have. I think we might have. All right, so we'll we'll fire that back up. This podcast is brought to you by Ease and Ease Wellness. That's e a z e dot com or easewellness.com. Use the promo code Ham. Thank you for your support. Ah, oh God, thank you for your support. We love our partners. Ease dot com guy. They are the Uber Eats of THC. Deliver pre rolls, vapes, you name it, uh, topicals, sleep aids. To your house, Uber Eats style, DoorDash style, but they're ease.com, promo code HAM, $20 off your first purchase. Then also, their friends and our friends at easewellness.com, guy, promo code HAM. You know, our guy Nick Foles could probably use a little bit of that on that, on that clavicle. You know, that, that, ugh, you know, when Frank Clark and Chris Jones fall on you and you throw one of the most beautiful passes of the day, guy, for a touchdown and your clavicle, clavicle snaps sucks but that's why they make cbd maybe not for that exactly but i'm sure it would help easewellness.com promo code ham they got topicals they got rubs to make your arthritis to make todd Gurley, i'm sure feel better and sleep age you name it guy they got it easewellness.com promo code ham promo podcast, code ham there you go podcast also brought to you by mybookie.ag the promo code is HAM and then just the number one. So it's four total characters. HAM, H-A-M, numeral one, at mybookie.ag. So at the time of recording this early in the morning, not too early, but Monday morning, we got two Monday night games tonight. We got the Texans getting mm-hmm. six and a half points in uh, in New Orleans. Tough place to play. So that's, that's, I mean, the Texans won their division pretty good. That's a lot of points to give a pretty good team, guy. And then we have just one of the great outliers. I don't even know. This Oakland Raider Denver Bronco game, the Raiders a couple days ago were a pick'em when it felt like Antonio was all in. They are now getting two and a half points at the Coliseum. Seven games left. If you don't think they're a playoff team, and I think that's very safe to say they're not a playoff team, plus two and a half points at home, guy. What, what, what are you thinking? Well, you know what? The first thing that comes to mind is last year, um, and you know everything that they'd gone through early. Khalil Mack, slow start. Now, they did play the Rams. Better than the Broncos, I think it's safe to say, right? Who, somebody had a tweet yesterday. Uh, man, if you think Lamar Jackson was good today, wait until you see Joe Flacco tomorrow. <laughs> so, I have, like, am I taking Joe Flacco on the road to cover two and a half points? Uh, but I just feel like the Raiders' situation has been so insane. Like, how does this not – how is it just not insane for it's ins- It's insane, guy, and I – I wouldn't bet the game. If I was going to bet one of these two games, it'd be the Texans getting six and a half. And I wouldn't feel great about it, but they're a playoff team. That's a lot of points to give a good team, right? For all the Texans' BS, they're just good. Uh, the Raider-Bronco game is a great unknown because I think it's fair to say, couldn't you see either one of those two teams winning by 10? Yeah. You know, not that you'd feel great about either one. 
But you want to get your gamble on mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. And guy, Thursday night football, I guess it started last week, but I, I wouldn't consider Bears-Packers a Thursday night football game, right? Because it was the off season. Now we got Thursday night football, the Buccaneers. So what's a better way for Jameis to get the stink off them? Wait, they're playing Thursday? Yeah, the, the, they play at Carolina. What happened to, to did all the great Thursday night games from last year? That's over? It was just a one-year experiment? Well, I mean, Carolina was pretty good. McCaffrey, it's not could be worse i don't know i mean it'd be hard like dolphins bucks that's yeah that could be worse that would be worse it's not terrible the battle for the southern part of this country. well the i mean the buccaneers are getting yeah the major underdogs so promo code ham one okay promo code ham one and uh i don't know we'll see if i stay away from college football after a bad college football week for me last week chip chip kelly guy uh yeah try, tried to warn everybody but. yes you did Yes, you did. But then, uh, but then you told me that San Diego State had just barely beat Weber State. So clearly, I, I, I'll i be the first to acknowledge, okay, maybe San Diego State's not as good. But then, having watched a decent majority of that game, they kind of kicked the shit out of them in the second half. Like, the Chip Kelly plays Oklahoma this week. That's an L. Yep. Plays Wazoo. That's an L. He's, it's a disaster, guy. It's not it's going a disaster. Well. I, do you think he's a lock to make it till next year? If they were to win like two games, no, I mean, I don't know. Making, but I, would say I don't think no. he makes like, that much money. Locks are hard, but I can't lock anything at that point. Like if you're if you're having that much of a lack of success, then I can't call you a lock. Because um, San Diego State beating UCLA has got to be even if UCLA sucks, one of the bigger wins of their program history. Well, they never beat them before, ever. I'm pretty sure they had no, never. No, no, they them hadn't. I, they said that on the broadcast. They had never beat them before. Yeah. So. So that's not ideal. Uh, how, Washington at like one thirty a.m. losing to Cal—that was a fun thing to have that, have happen. Yeah, on that, Saturday that was, night, Sunday morning. That was morning. pretty nuts. I got it. I'm sitting. I'm laying in bed watching the game, and you're like, "I'm watching football at one a.m." I'm like, "Me too." <laughs> I, I think the highlight of Saturday before we just attack Sunday. With Wait, a, is this about Washington? Because I have one more thing to say about that. No, this is the best part about that. Is that you had been out all night? You, I didn't realize when you texted me, I'm watching football at one a.m. That you didn't understand why you were watching football at one a.m. Well, I, I had you an didn't idea. know there'd been a two and a half hour lightning delay. Well, I, I didn't quite know what the delay had happened. I just knew the game had been delayed. Like clearly, yeah. the game wasn't just randomly like seven minutes left to go at twelve thirty at night. Pack like, twelve after normal. dark. It's a ten forty five kickoff. Yeah, I, I, I think, uh, yeah, that was wild. All right, but I'd say that the craziest thing on Saturday that I saw in a good way before we just, God, I can't wait to attack this Sunday, was Joe Burrow for the LSU Tigers. Yeah. Like, the LSU easily has their best quarterback. It's going to sound crazy because Jamarcus was good in, in college. People forget, like, he was really good in college. Like, they dominated. This guy is, like, an NFL. This this guy's legit. They, they are they are scary good guy because LSU, like they've always had, you're like, God, these receivers look unreal. Well, yeah, they'd be like, no shit. You ever heard of tar- Charks? On the Jags, Odell Beckham, Jarvis, they always get wide receivers. They just never have a quarterback. Now they have a quarterback guy. And watch out for Eddie O. What's uh, McConaughey's title? Uh, Minister of Culture, I think. At Texas? At Texas, yeah. He teaches a class. Minister of Culture, I think is what he's called. All right, all right, all right. All right, yeah, that, well, that's the best thing that happened Saturday. I mean, that, on a Saturday where A.B. signed with the Pats. Well, I mean, we're not going to start with that. We're going to start with actual football, but... Uh, that's crazy. We'll go. We'll go through all the NFL. We'll rattle off a bunch of headlines. Uh, but let's start with Jimmy G. John, we've been talking about it nonstop. 49ers at the Bucks. You called it a must-win game. 
They won the game. We'll get to the game in a minute. But, you know, we talked so much about the preseason and about Garoppolo. It was not an inspiring performance. And, you know, I think for us, the last month or so, it's been we've, we've cooled on the 49ers um, in terms of whether or not they're a playoff team, in terms of whether or not they can finish second in the division. I know the Seahawks just got taken to the limit by the Bengals. We'll wait and see how, everybody, how good those two teams are. But now they go play the Bengals. They stay out there. Youngstown represent. And I'm, I don't think either one of us feels much better about the situation after watching Garoppolo – uh, get out intercepted by uh, Jameis this weekend. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel better at all. If anything, I just feel like I've all, I've been feeling like, ugh, I'm not feeling well, good. Well, did you just about feel like squad. like wait? Haven't I just? Does this feel any different than all these years that you watched that game? That was a that that game feels like the symbol uh, the symbolic game of just bad 49ers years. Just Bucks Niners and it's just interceptions. One thousand percent. But do you after watching that game? I didn't call it a must win game because I thought like Kyle and Jimmy were taking the world by storm. I called it a must-win game because I thought the Buccaneers sucked. And then once you watch that, like, do you agree? Why looking the Buccaneers, back, like, yeah. yeah, they're just not. You have to beat the Buccaneers yeah. if you're just going to be a serviceable team, let alone a playoff team. But the the number one takeaway, and listen, you get in the NFL. This is not college football. There's no such thing as style points, and that is true. Like like you just said, Seattle beat the Bengals, who were expected to be pretty shitty by one point at home, and they were basically a ten point favorite. Because, one, it's just hard to play in Seattle. Two, Seattle should just kick their ass. But it's the NFL. Games get close. Whatever. I, I just, I, I'm blown away by how bad Jimmy looks, guy. His, just layup throws and accuracy. Because I was texting with a guy in the NFL. He's like, I'm not really able to watch the game. What's his deal? Does he look skittish? I'm like, yeah, he doesn't, he's not look, he doesn't look Mm-mm. skittish or scared. It, it's, his accuracy, I feel like when he throws the ball, I have no fucking clue where it's going to end up. Like, you're watching, and I got another buddy text me last night in the NFL that was like, I mean, this is, what if you compare, like, Brady to Mitch, Brady's like Yoda, and Mitch is like an Ewok. I'm like, fuck, Jimmy's closer to being an Ewok, too. Like, I'm watching Brady just play it. And now, he's the highest level. Like, he's at the sorcery, an Michael Ewok. Jordan. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't even, I've never even watched it. I'm just, you know, the Ewoks. The... It, it, it doesn't get any better than what Tom is. He's mastered the position. Now, I don't expect Jimmy to like have mastery levels. But he yesterday, I thought there were points and times where you couldn't even function with him. And I'm not talking about the pick six. I'm talking about basic throws where guys are just open in that offense. The staple play of the Shanahan offense is a play-action boot, basically a layup throw that you get a guy on a crossing route and... Usually the guys beat him by a couple steps, and it can turn into like a 20-yard gain. And Jimmy countless times airmails it or throws it behind the guy, where it's not even close. So you go, wow, was the training camp, all the stories about him struggling. Like, his struggles are real, guy. And I thought the quote of the day yesterday was John Ross, who had an enormous day against the bank, uh, against the Seattle. Yeah, while wearing a pick. University of Washington undershirt. Yeah, it's just awesome. And he just said, like, yeah, listen, guys, I, I had no confidence the last couple of years. And I, I, I'm a big – the power of the mind is fucking no joke. Uh, definitely anything you do as just whatever you do. And I think Jimmy is not a confident player right now it, at all. I, I think he's lost a lot of confidence. And he's, able, he's talented enough where he can kind of patchwork it together and their offense can scheme guys open. But I, I just see a guy out there that looks a little lost, a guy. 
It's, it's kind of searching. It'd be like, you know, you lose your golf swing mid-round. He doesn't quite know what to do, but he's good enough to just make it through the round. Yeah. Well, I, I also... I, I don't know, guy. I, no, I'm, I think I'm, that's fair. I, look, I think he can... I know what we saw. I know what I saw the first time. Like, I know what I've seen before. I don't think that stuff didn't exist. Like, I don't think it was fake necessarily, but I do think... And we'll talk about the team itself. Like, the problem with the preseason is you look awful and your sample size is so small, you don't really get an opportunity to recover. So if he's going to figure it out, this is where them just being able to win a few games is going to be a big deal if it just gets him some breathing room, right? Like, he just needs some time to figure this out, which is hard because in the NFL, when you're a quarterback, every game is under the spotlight. There's not a lot of, like, doing the – doing the silent work that nobody sees like you just got to play this guy has not played games he has not played games he hasn't played games so i i I don't well that's where the that's where the sport of football like in baseball you just like go through a slump you just keep playing right right in the nba you just well we just got another game we got three more games in the next week boom just keep on play through golf even golf my golf analogy well you fucking just play every day even if you're missing cuts you're like well i'm getting multiple practice rounds and then i'm playing for you know thursday friday I'm just getting a lot of reps. In football, clearly, like he's getting the most amount of allotted reps possible, right? Throughout the training camp, the practices, like this week in Youngstown. Like they can't do any more work on, they're working through it. But the game reaction and the game action, and I, I'm not trying to compare him to Mitch, but I do think there is there is some Mitch to him. Like Mitch just needs reps. Like my issue with Nagy was like, you should play this guy in the preseason. Where I do give Kyle credit, he repped it out with Jimmy. He didn't t- completely hide him from the preseason. But the game reps are really the only way where you can. Because in practice, you go, well, Bosa pulled up on me, or D. Ford pulled up on me, or even Richard just kind of gave up on that play. There is no giving up on plays in games, right? Even you're fucking playing the Buccaneers. I thought the Buccaneers, their defense has to be like, God damn, we played pretty good, right? It was Jameis gave up 14 points. We actually, I thought the Bucks defense was solid. They were flying around, hitting people. They were, they were doing everything possible to win the game and played Jimmy well. They kind of knew what he was doing. They knew where he was going to throw. And Jimmy, Jimmy just can't hit open receivers right now, guy. And then the and then the covered ones, beside the Richie James touchdown, which, again, he's making thirty or $27 million like I – yeah, you hit the Richie James touchdown. You yeah, I mean, hit you know what? I, I'll, I'll interject because you know what I always say on that. It's like that was a great throw. It was. I don't think we have to say like it was. It was a great throw. But if you watch the NFL, you could watch a cut up of any quarterback. You make the, what separates the great quarterbacks from everybody else is you consistently make the plays. I Matt mean, Bar- like every backup quarterback can make that throw. Whether they would have made that exact one in that moment, I don't know. But well, I bet if you look through the box anything. score, beside Miami, I won't even count them. <laughs> Jameis probably had the worst day of any starting quarterback yesterday. Probably beside Mitch. We just won't even count Mitch. So, like, Mitch, Jameis, two worst. It it doesn't get much worse. I think Jimmy's day, minus that throw, was pretty terrible. I I thought he was really bad. And there was a scene in the game when Kyle's lighting him up. Because, I again, Kyle's an offensive coach. The guy's ruining his offense. Like, as, as happy as Kyle is after the game, he has to be really concerned. Because, again, I, I'm talking about this team. The bar is not just to win six games. It's to compete for the playoffs. And I, I know for a fact you cannot make – this Niner team is not good enough to make the playoffs if Jimmy's going to play like that. Do you agree with that statement? 100% agree. 
Like, I, I, not even to make the playoffs, they don't have a chance to get the 8-8 eight and eight if he's going to play well, like that. Yeah, and you know why? Like, I, they – who would you say are – who are the guys on offense that just jump off the screen? Well, there's one guy, Kittle. Yeah. And he's fantastic. But he's a beast, Jalen, bro. I, I saw Jalen Hurd yesterday. He was in a T-shirt. And yep. I saw Dante Pettis for a second, but he played two snaps. Did have a catch. Solid ratio. <laughs> Actually, it's pretty good. If you play him 20 snaps, imagine how good he would have been. I know. It's uh, almost like the per minute, you know, in basketball. We, he, you know, he averages seven points, but he only plays three minutes a game. So, I, I like, they need their quarterback to be one of their star players. But he, here's one of the things with him. It's like, what I think is really concerning, and this is where I talk about his confidence, on those rollout plays, which early Jimmy, when he first got here, it was like, God, those were easy, easy, easy. And this is why Kyle loves like the Matt Ryans and Cousins, and you watch like Jared Goff. They just hit those plays in their sleep. And Jimmy, I, I'm not some, you know, what's Brady's quarterback coach's name? House, that guy that works with everyone. I, I'm not Tom trying House, to act like yeah. I, I know quarterback mechanics I'm, I, I I don't but I just know on that play in this offense you got to hit that rollout boot you know play I, that's got to be like an 80% completion percentage and the balls Jimmy are throwing guy are going to be completed like 10% of the time like that to me is where Kyle's thinking what the fuck but but that's where I go back to like I uh I agree with that get, but I don't, but, I, I don't but know. But I've I seen mean, him before I, be the guy that I thought could complete that pass every time, right? Well, I'm not saying he, he should be able to. That's yeah. where I think they got to figure think, out how do we get him to be able to do that. That's Kyle. has got to be the biggest elephant in the room with those two guys. They get they got to figure it out. Because yeah. Kyle's frustrated. You even yes. you text me. I yeah. rewound it. When you're like, God, he's getting into him, and you, you can just tell he's. I didn't have the juice to get off my couch and and video it, so I'm I, glad you did. I, I don't even know that exact play, but it, you can tell it's just frustration of, if Kyle, and this is where I used to talk with offensive think, guys, was that ruining after the, the pass offense. To, was that after the pass to Bourne across the middle where Bourne was wide open and hit off his hands? I can't remember. Well, and Bourne leaped. I mean, would Kevin Garnett have caught that ball? I mean, that thing was, and you could well, tell it almost got picked. Because it went over his head. When Jimmy, right when Jimmy threw it, they kind of did slow motion at the angle from the defense, and you can see him kind of grimacing like, oh, fuck, you know, the ball was too high. It's like, Jimmy, one, you don't need to throw it that hard. You can just lob it to him. Hit him in the bread basket. I, but it, this gets back to what I'm saying. I don't think he knows where the ball's going all the time right now. And that's, I've never played quarterback. But for a guy that has always been kind of accurate, I think that's got it. That's why I'm saying he's in his head. He doesn't know where the football's going. Like when he releases it. Because there were a couple plays late in the game. Texting with someone, like, God, if the, if the Buccaneers score here, because it was 14 to 20. I'm like, well, if it goes 21 to 20 in the fourth quarter, do you have faith? Now that you wouldn't have to score a touchdown to win it, you could just get in field goal range, but like I don't feel great about Jimmy leading like a 50-yard drive. Do you did you at the time in the fourth quarter the way he was playing? Cuz for a brief second before Jameis threw a couple pick sixes down the stretch, I guess it was just one pick six that kind of ended it. But it was like Jimmy might have to lead a drive, you know, if if they take a lead. And I was like, ugh. Well, so my feeling, that. I'll tell you, the, the moment that I kind of had that whole conversation in my head was after they got the stop on the goal line and didn't, you know, they had some bad, I think they had a penalty that brought a, the Jimmy Garoppolo first down run came back because of a, of a McGlinchey hold. Um, but 
watching that drive, my thought was just don't throw a pick six here because I don't think Tampa is going to get all the way down the field and score without Jameis doing something dumb. I was more afraid of them just beating themselves right there, the 49ers, and they didn't. But well, not that that's a win. I mean, I guess it is a small victory here. Week one, it's a victory. They they had 11 accepted penalties. They definitely had more than that, though, because there were some penalties where he could just decline because they had to punt. Like, that was the other thing. There like, were so many. Pe- that's the, you're right. That's the other part of bad games. She's like, oh, my God, not only is this game not exciting, there's 55 penalties. Well, there, there were 19 accepted penalties. How many penalties were in that game? 30. Felt I mean, because like not, not a lot of there were so many incompletions. You don't you get to decline a lot because when there's like a holding penalty on third and seven, and the dude fucking airmails a wide receiver, what is the what does the other opposing coach go? No, decline, punt, right? That that was happening a lot, but it slows right. down the pace of the game. That game was borderline unwatchable, guy. The the pace of it, it's just it was ugly, and it was too really really. And listen, at the end of the day, the Bill Belichick motto, you're either coaching or allowing it to happen. Like, Kyle's team's really sloppy, and they're not good enough. With If Jimmy's not going to be good, they're definitely not good enough to be good teams. That's where I think that they really got to figure this out. And I, I my takeaway yesterday, I haven't – I just watched it on the red zone, haven't watched the game. But Cincinnati, if John Brown's good – is that his name, John Brown? John Ross. John Ross. And – and and Di- and uh, I almost called him Dixon Mixon. Like a- say what you want about Andy Dalton. Like, don't you feel confident Andy Dalton is a much better player than Jameis Winston? Yes. And it's not like Andy Dalton is fucking Tom Brady, but it's he's on a completely different level. Like he is definitely good enough. If you play, if the Forty ers play that game at Cincinnati, and Andy Dalton just has a normal Andy Dalton game, Cincinnati will beat you. Yep. So I that's where I think. Everyone before the season and me too thought you got to beat the Bucks because then you got the Bengals an easy win and you got a nice little buffer at two and zero with the Steelers coming in. Right now it's like this is going to be a little harder than I thought. Now that's classic coaching cliche. Like it's the NFL, you can never look, overlook teams, and I get that. But you could overlook the Bengals probably on paper. Now where it's just like, well, maybe I've thought the Niners were a little better than they are, and clearly they're not, and the Bengals. At home, it's going to be a lot more difficult game than I think me like the way we would have talked about it two weeks ago, right? For sure. Because I I give you some credit, and I get week one's week one, so you get whether you're home or away, every team throws a haymaker. Like I, I watched the Buccaneers, and you go, oh, they suck. I didn't feel like they weren't playing their ass off. Like their defense was flying around. Ronald Jones was running hard. They, they were trying. It was Jameis just when you throw pick sixes, when you throw. 14 points to the other team, that is, that's crippling. I mean, one pick six, when Jimmy did it, even they were lucky it was early in the game. To me, it's hard. You throw a pick six in the fourth quarter, that's just the ultimate kick in the balls, isn't it? And I think when they're, it's not just pick sixes, John, it's when they're as awful of passes as they were. Like, they were horrendous passes. They were. Oh, my God. Yeah, like I think Rondé Barber was on the broadcast, and he goes, "You know, one of those things. Like, you got to just make sure the ball, make sure you catch the balls they throw to you when you're a DB. You just catch the balls that they throw to you." And obviously, he did that. He throws a lot of, uh, you know, what's that PFF stat? The pickable balls, because 
His two pick sixes were not his only pickable to balls, me, right? To me, he throws balls that the DB should get downgraded if he doesn't catch. I completely agree. Like the one Tredavious Moore hit him in the hands. <laughs> like, you, DB should lose points if he doesn't catch that ball. Uh, all right, the Niners as a team. And part of this, you, you mentioned, but this I, I'll say it again. Who are their elite players on offense? Like, can they elevate their quarterback? I don't think so. Defensively, I thought Nick Bosa was pretty good. You don't think Kittle um, can elevate Jimmy? Well, yeah, okay, yes. Kittle, Kittle, Kittle is fantastic. Like Kittle's great with a capital G. He's an elite player. To quote Jim Harbaugh. He is an elite player. And he does, <laughs> but, but it's just not elite. enough. He it's also, in fairness to him, he had two touchdowns. When we say the 11 accepted penalties, two of those were George Kittle touchdowns, right? One on a sweet little boot blast that he walked in the end zone. His best play of the game was just whoever the safety was, where he just fucking trucks him, keeps his balance, one hand. That that play, if there's no penalty, is just like an elite George Kittle highlight play so far in his career, right? That play was yeah, awesome. It was. And like while we're talking about Jimmy just needs some time, I mean, maybe Kittle, maybe we look back and say just having George Kittle helped him just settle down because you just know you can go to him. Um, I felt he, like when they needed a third down, just throw it to George. He, he is... Know? He's as good of an all-around player as the Niners have had on offense in the last like twenty, like Frank Gore, right? Like because Frank could do it all. Like Vernon, Vernon wasn't, wasn't a blocker. What? Go ahead. I'll let you, I was just saying Vernon wasn't a big blocker. Yeah, I mean, I actually thought he he blocked toward the end. I, I think his issue was more just his hands were shitty, so you just couldn't really depend on him. And he was just for as great as Vernon's highs were, he, his low, like he could just like not care, which. Who would have ever thought he he scored a touchdown yesterday, Vernon Davis? Not only he'd just be in the league still, that he would make plays. That has to be one of the great upsets in NFL history from, like, 2015. You know, in 2009, Vernon Davis can be starting in the NFL and, like, score a touchdown on opening weekend. You're like, what? I know. For the XFL? And the, just the play was incredible. Um, I, I mean, it, to your point, it was the Bucks, But, like, that last interception was created in large part by Nick Bosa. What do you think of the Niners' defense? Strength of the team? Yeah, I mean, as of right now, I, I thought Nick Bosa was fucking really good. Now, Donovan Smith, the left tackle for the Bucks, is not a good player. And and Bosa beat him like a drum, as he should. I, I, to me, I kind of expect Bosa to be good. I've come around a little bit just after watching the training camp. Like, he's going to be good. He's a good player. D4 is going to fly around. Like, their defense is going to – their defensive front is going to make plays. I don't even worry about that. My question would have been, like, is Akella Weatherspoon, he's your starting corner? And I got to give him credit because you want to talk shit about the Bucks all you want. Their receivers are really good. Godwin, I had him in fantasy yesterday. Actually, had a, you know, couple, made a couple nice plays. But Mike Evans, Witherspoon made a couple plays on Mike Evans because Sherman didn't follow him, uh, which, you know, is kind of weird. I, I would have had him follow him, but he didn't need to, like, looking back on the game because Witherspoon probably had the best game of his career. Made an unreal tip pass down the sideline. Had the pick six, which team is kind of gifted to him. But still, like, made a play. And, uh, you know, let our playmakers make plays. Mm-hmm. And he made some plays. He, if, if he can be good, guy, that's that's a huge curveball into this. You got two good corners? Because Richard Sherman is good. They're going to throw it Witherspoon. If Witherspoon's making plays, I know the guy got tossed out of the game. He got a game ball, <laughs> which is just... Quan yeah. Alexander? Yeah. So, so I did not. So yesterday I had not seen the play until this morning. I was in the car when that play happened, and Tim Ryan almost cussed on the air. Uh, 
Is that a new like, rule? I I honestly didn't know guys were getting ejected for that in the NFL. I, I don't but, know if I would eject guys for it in the NFL. In college, you get disqualified. Fine. Do we need to be disqualifying? Like I don't know. But it's not. But it's not a hard and fast rule because Vernon Hargraves right. later in the game led with his head and they didn't toss him. I. That, I was confused because I didn't even know it was an option. What I had thought when when Quan hit him, that last year, remember, they made a rule that if you get two excessive force penalties, I think it was, two unsportsmanlikes with leading with your helmet, that you get tossed. So you had to keep an eye, like, once a guy. Do you remember Don't you that? you get one? Does that sound familiar? No. I, you know, I, I'll be honest. I have not looked into this particular rule that much. Is I'd like to fancy myself a rule book guy, but I've not done a lot of well, guy, I think work this on is the NFL new, rule. This is a 2019 new rule that the guy gets okay. tossed out. I can tell you the college rule inside and out, but the NFL rule. And the other thing that happened was Richard Sherman got flagged for a pass interference on review. Um, when it when the play happened on radio, <laughs> Tim Ryan's like, well, how, how did he? You got him! What the? You know, he just, he kind of lost it. Um, when I they watched tossed the, him. When, the second they announced that they were tossing him, yeah. So... I've watched the play now. I did think it was, again, I'm not for tossing NFL players for this stuff. Looking at it, it was pretty bad, I thought. You go full. He didn't even go, like, kind of the crown above the face mask. He went, like, top of the head he right into Jameis' helmet. He did slide late, and as Kyle said, Jameis is 240 pounds. You know, yeah. so it's like. You just, the, I think, they just, you can't put your head that far down. No, you can't. Um, well, he wore it. Like, so. he didn't complain. He just left. Yeah, okay. Well, he got the game ball. <laughs> He got the game ball. Well, I, I think he in his short period of time, that guy flies around. Like, that guy is... I thought that their defense with Fred Warner, who's a really good player, and Quan felt a lot faster. It had moments last year, but Ruben would always get hurt and yanked out of the game, and then the backup would be extremely slower. That when those two guys were on the field with the front floor just flying around, their defense felt fast, which... I don't think we've been able to say for a while. But that's where I think it's going to be a little concerning. You're like, God, the defense actually might be a lot better. Jimmy, man, this is I, – I, we supported the contract and everything. But, God, he's just – to me, he's the number one question. Because I think you go defensively, if if Witherspoon can just be functional, they're going to be in pretty good shape because their front seven's going to be good. Kittle's a monster. They're going to be able to scheme enough guys open on offense. Now – I, I do think you're going to see it a little bit. Like, not having a number one wide receiver does hurt you a little bit, you know? And when I say number one wide receiver, like, you just watch the Patriots when all else fails. Like, at the end of the day, they'll fucking just throw a seven-yard route to Edelman and he'll just move the sticks. So it's like, is Edelman a number one? No, of course not. But, like, they can win a Super Bowl with technically that guy being their best wide receiver, right? Because he's just, he couldn't be any more reliable. You know, in a perfect world, you'd love a Julio or a Thielen or, you know, even a Beckham or a guy like that. But, like, you just need someone super, super reliable. Like, Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen is by no means, like, the sexiest or most just, you just watch him. You're like, how's he really doing that? But he is just, at the end of the day, blood bank guarantee, you put it in 13's area, he's fucking catching the ball. And that's, the Niners have that with Kittle, but I think when you don't have that anywhere else, it can be a concern, and then your quarterback's off. Like, listen, I, I get you, like, kind of piecemealing a wide receiver core together, and this is why, in fairness, like, they were aggressive to try to get Odo back. You do need that guy. It just, it helps, like, the domino effect of your unit, you know? And I, I think, like, for example, in the NBA, if you don't have, like, a crunch time, a go-to legit score, 
it can get discombobulated in big spots, right? You're like, well, who's going to score? You like pass, pass, pass. They don't. You don't have a guy to like really take a shot. Probably see it. In, like you call a lot of college games where you know some teams have that guy, but I bet a lot of colleges a little spread out the wealth. Sometimes you're like, God, we we don't really know what to do. It's no different a quarterback because if you were playing the Niners, let's say Belichick was playing the Niners, the first thing he'd do is double kittle every play. So it's like, who else is going to beat me? Now maybe Debo. But that's a lot asking like a 21-year-old rookie right now. But they, they need to establish and find that guy because you have to have him. And they, they just don't as of right now. I, I do think Debo can, is going to get a lot better. But Pettis, you play two snaps. Like Kyle can say whatever he wants. He used to say the same thing about like 94 last year. And in fairness, Solomon's kind of flying around. But like he you play two snaps. Kyle doesn't even need to justify or say anything. Like he, he told us right there what he thinks of Dante Pettis, right? Yeah. Which is yeah. Not well, but I would say he kind of told us. He told us during the season. I mean, during the preseason too. There, you know, there was some belief that he had challenged him. One hundred percent. But my point is, like, the preseason. Even when they're saying things, it's it's hard to tell. Like, what are they really going to do in the season? Like, that's that's a pretty eye opening number. It is. Is it not? It, no, definitely. <laughs> like, it's one thing, like, Solomon Thomas last year used to get yanked in the fourth quarter. It's like, okay, you know, he's not, that's not that crazy. That shit happens all over the league. Like, a high draft pick, if he's not playing well, gets pulled. But he still plays, like, 28, 30 snaps. Two snaps? And it's be like, well, they got, you know, Jerry Rice, John Taylor, hard to crack the lineup. That's not really the case here. It's like, yeah. well, Richie James? You know, right, Kendrick we've said Moore? on a, Richie James, nice. We've said on a, for a good team, you'd want Dante to be your third best you know, third best receiver. Well, this is a team we don't know how good they are. You wouldn't say good yet, and he's not their third best receiver. Is he a top five wide receiver on their team? Well, if you factor in Kittle too, you'd probably say no, right? Yeah. Especially I, what would you say right now before we move off of them? What what like if I just say take a step back, what would you say at this moment is kind of the defining feature of this 49ers team? Like what is the thing that they hang their hat on right now? Be their front four pass rush. Yeah. And which just, isn't the worst thing to hang your hat on. Not at all. But, I, which, at, at like, God, they just look like animals. Yeah. The, I mean, the, 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 here's the... Here's that that the, group is fun to watch. No, they, they are. But here's the issue. Like, most of the best teams that rush the passer in the league, their offense scores points. Like, the Steelers didn't last night, but I'm sure they will. The Steelers, the Patriots, or the Chiefs, you know, teams that just sack the quarterback a lot, and you just go, because they're going to give you, they're going to create opportunities for you. Like, if you have a potent offense, if the offense had just been kind of clicking, what's the score? 45 to 17? It's a fucking route, right? It's it's a bloodbath. Your point is when you score points, that the other team has to throw more, which gives you more opportunities to get oh, the It's just, it's on like Donkey Kong. You, you don't have a choice because your quarterback's running for his life because you're dropping back every play. Like, th- there was a time in the in like the late third, early fourth, and I, I, I love seeing this guy, I, I you probably too, that I was a big Ronald Jones guy at USC, and last year, a little John Rossian, guy, he had 44 yards on the season. He was a second-round pick. Like, for his first year, was kind of like John Ross's first year. It couldn't have gone any worse. Now, John Ross been in the league two years. But Ronald Jones' rookie year, for any top 50 pick last year, might have had the worst rookie year of any of any player in the draft. We'd probably have to break it down. But he'd definitely be, 
I feel very confident it was top five shittiest top 50 pick last year for just stats and just how much he was playing. He looked good yesterday. And you know what Bruce Aaron said? Well, screw it. Let's not even throw. Just run it. And they just run. And the Niners, you know, the humidity. They were getting hot and tired, cramping. I, I'm, I always like to see when young players like a Ronald Jones, like a John Ross, you'd hope this with Dante Pettis. Sometimes, and again, it's I, I think it's mental. And how does that click? And I would imagine if you sat down with John Ross, you sat down with, you know, Pettis, they all or Ronald Jones, maybe it's words of wisdom from a coach, maybe it's just have a really good practice and then build on it. I, I don't know. I mean, everyone's probably different. Maybe you go to see a sports psychologist. But, like, to me, Jimmy, I don't feel like Jimmy's, like, depressed or whatever. He's just playing bad, and I think he's pressing. Where I think Dante Pettis, kind of like probably some of those guys I just listed, Ronald Jones, is just in the dumps right now. Just doesn't think he's a good player. Yeah. I, and I think these things can really compound themselves, especially I mean, in, in any sport it can happen. But like you said, in football, your opportunities are so far and few few and far between, and they're, each one is so big. And so you just don't... How do you get out of it, guy? Like, how, how does Dante no, Pettis no get doubt. to a point where he gets 10 snaps? That's, you got to keep playing. I know. But it's like, well, how do I get on the field? Well, I think the coaches would tell you, have a good week of practice. Yeah, exactly. That's, you, that happens Wednesday. Yeah, so you just... You got to, coaches do value practice. I mean, we talk about it all the time. So you have to just attack the practice like you would a game and just let it just fucking fly. And that might not even be good enough. But, like, the good thing for Jameis, you'd say, a little like a baseball player, well, Jameis, you get a game in three days, which is, you know, you could look at it two ways. It could get really ugly. Or you get your confidence back. Right. Uh, all right, Joe, let's tell the people about DraftKings. Get in our DraftKings game. Fill it up, fill it up. We'll fill it up. Share it with your friends. Why you guys did that already? We're going to make this one work. It's time to celebrate because football is back, and DraftKings is the leader in one day. Fantasy football has huge one-week contests. Thursday night football again, which means you could do Thursday night a single-game showdown with $2.5 million in total prizes up for grabs if you want to do that. The single-game showdown is simple. You just draft six players uh, that are in the game and just – then you just walked in. You are locked in on that game. If you want to make Bucks Panthers watchable, you can play the single game showdown with DraftKings. Yep, guy. Get in the season opener action. It already happened. We got more action going. We're going to have games going. Promo code HAM. DraftKings, download the app. We're going to have a big game going this week. I am going to send out a link. Maybe we'll do it tomorrow because I don't want to get jumbled in the games. It'll be easy to fill. 150? Think we can do 150? You could, or we could do 100. No. We could do 100. Whatever. Whatever. Uh, yeah, Whatever. okay. Yeah, we'll do 100, $100 buy-in. Just kidding. We'll do $10 buy-in. Maybe we'll go 150 Maybe We'll just try to keep a big game again. Again, download the app. If you've already downloaded the app, tell your friends to download the app. Uh, the ham game is up and rolling and ready to roll. For a limited time, both new and existing users get a deposit bonus up to $500, guy. Don't miss the extra special. Uh, answer the promo code HAM to get a free $1 million for your first deposit. That's code ham, only at DraftKings. DraftKings, code ham. Get in our game. All right, um, A.B., John. A.B. Are you A.B.'d out? I I am A.B.'d out, although I will tell you, Rosenhaus was on first take today. Let's listen to this. 
Well, um, it was a tough relationship, really, from the get-go. Unfortunately, we got off to a really rough start with the helmet deal. And uh, it really upset A.B. that uh, the NFL uh, told him that he couldn't wear his helmet, that he'd worn his whole career, both college and the NFL. And that affected his relationship with the Raiders. Ultimately, there were some fines involved and uh, you know, it impacted his contract and his guarantees. And okay, on and on and on. So, uh, Rosenhaus is talking again. Monday is the point. Uh, I, this goes back to this. If you wanted him on the team, because I don't think the second he got traded, he was trying to become a Patriot, John. But if you wanted him on the team, you had to treat him with kid gloves. And it's like they brought him in and then didn't accept how you have to handle AB, which is understandable because he's nuts. But he's on the Patriots now. Well, one, well one, yeah, one thing we know about the helmet gate is, remember, it started in the spring. It started in the spring. Tafer wrote an article. He started skipping practices in the spring. I, I didn't know that. I don't think any of us did. Like, he started doing weird shit in the spring. And part of that, yeah, the helmet. Like, I, I, hey, hey, Drew, that's on you. But here's what I do think is on the Raiders. Uh, that it's on them. They never in a million years should have acquired this guy. They traded Khalil Mack. They were starting over. It made no sense for the rebuild. They're not equipped to handle it. Uh, Gruden's been out of the league for 10-plus years. Mack, first-time general manager. They have just a very young, inexperienced. They have a fragile quarterback. It, it just it never made sense, guy. But Gruden couldn't help himself because he's Al Davis 2.0. And the problem is when you're Al Davis 2.0 and your team's not doing well, it turns into more like uh, projector days and Lane Kiffin days and bearing football days and shit like that. So it, it doesn't turn into the what the Patriots are going to do with them. And you know what's going to happen with the Patriots? If he acts an idiot, they'll just cut him. They don't care about the $9 million. It doesn't matter to them. They're, they're, just, they're, our, they're the best team in the league right now. He can't fuck them up because they, they won't hold on to it like the Raiders. As Kawakami kept saying, he's now the general manager of the Raiders. He was, because they gave him an inch, and he took a mile, and he ran circles around him. You know who he won't run circles around? The Patriots, because they won't allow him to. They will cut him. They will immediately remove him if shit gets really weird. So, now, I do feel like starting maybe midweek, I don't want to go full conspiracy theory, but there was some weird shit, right? Like It, it does feel a little shady. Did Belichick, and I don't blame Belichick for this, because I, I get emails from Raider fans like, I can't believe you're taking Belichick's side. Well, I, I look at it like this. You're fucking the king of dysfunction. So, like in any business, the little guy gets taken advantage by the big guy. And so he starts smelling blood. Do I think like Belichick was calling him in the spring? No. I don't even think he doesn't think like that. But probably over the last couple weeks, when you fucking couldn't figure out what this guy's deal was, yeah, that's maybe when he comes in. He sees the wounded gazelle on the open prairie, and he's a lion. And I'm sorry, when you're the wounded gazelle, sometimes you get eaten. And the Raiders were always in this situation. Like, how did Ryan Pace end up with Khalil Mack? The Raiders. How did A.B. end up on... Like, the the Steelers are not the reason A.B.'s on the, the Patriots. They tried to trade him to another team. They just traded him to a team that just can't help them. They can't ever figure things out. And a team that shouldn't have ever tried to figure it out with this guy. They should have just avoided it. And it's so easy when you're a crazy guy to go, God, it's just such a discount. Yeah, well, you, you, all your discounts, just they get lower. <laughs> you, you resell them for shittier values. So you, you're not Mr. Like, flip a house. Like, yeah, we just, 
we got this two million dollar house for five hundred grand. Well, why do you always resell it for three hundred grand then, and he'd take a two hundred thousand dollar yeah, loss? Yeah, it'd be like, yeah, but you've never flipped a house before. No, when Belichick consistently flips houses, with and, and even when he doesn't flip a house for the right cost, he makes so much money other places it doesn't phase him. So I, this is to me all on the Raiders. Now part of it, like AB created this and was just this crazy man, but they knew he was a crazy man when they got him, guy. Like it was not like you know what you're getting. You're getting the Clay Thompson of the NFL. He's just the easiest guy to get along with. He's just misunderstood. And that's what Gruden keeps saying to him. You're the most misunderstood. You're the most misunderstood. Stop saying that, John. He's not misunderstood. He's nuts. And you can't well, handle him. But I would say that you guys don't understand him. If 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 you want him here, and this is why people say Mike Tomlin, despite what happened Sunday night, deserved a Coach of the Year award. If you want him here, then you have to treat him in a way that you kind of go like, that. I don't think that's right. But that's what you got to do if you want him. And they... You know, it's like they weren't all in on what you have to do if you're going to have Antonio Brown on your team. Now, the other part of that is you're right. He's nuts. So you have to kind of break what you think is the right way to handle somebody. He ends up on the Patriots. He's making a lot of money. That's the one thing I didn't get when people are like, oh, he's just going to give up $30 million? It's like, well, if in his mind I can go there, get 15 keep my act together, they pick up my option. It's 20 for the second year, by the way. So he can make his 30 back like that. His did, nine you, did you see? I didn't see if it was a player or a team option. Team, I think it's team. So if they want to keep him and this goes well, they can just pick him up for twenty million bucks. Correct. So he basically team. would make his thirty million dollars back immediately right. if this goes because well. This is what people the part that bugged me and people were like, Well, why would he just give it up thirty minus nine is not thirty? Well, he would have had to play two years for the Raiders to make the thirty million dollars. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So he knew pretty quickly, I'm not here for the thirty million dollars. And I do wonder if part of it too is he just does and I know this is gonna take him like I'm bashing, I'm not, but he's just walking around the Coliseum going this is my locker room like no I, I just came from the Steelers like we're we are in the spotlight for the right reasons all the time like I'm a big lights bright lights guy probably part of the reason Odell was like I, I'm going to Cleveland and he walked around for a while and went this is not a bright light situation like this is not for me like I don't again I don't think from the minute he got traded he was trying to become a patriot but I'm with you I think as things went on and then he got his Mortensen social media experts to help him get cut uh <laughs> There's a lot of guys, I was thinking this, if you're just, if he's not a crazy guy and you go, here's the situation you're in, I'd rather be on the Patriots than in this situation, you go, okay, that, 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 if we just set, say the situation like that, I'd rather be on the Patriots than here. How do I get to the Patriots? Be like, well, I understand that. I think it's fair to say, like Drew prefaced that, it got off to a weird start with the helmet, which is not the Raiders' fault at all. That's just basic, like Antonio, you're not allowed to wear the helmet. Whether you're playing for the Patriots, whether you're playing for the Chargers, whether you're fucking playing for the Steelers. So that is not on the Raiders. The feet are not on the Raiders. But once it starts getting weird, and again, it, it is on the Raiders for just acquiring him in the first place. Like, weird shit's going to happen with this guy. But I also completely agree, and we talked about it over the weekend. There has to be, like, and, and this is not trying to bash the Raiders, but you're one of the most irrelevant teams in the NFL. You, you just are. You're, you just you don't matter in the NFL landscape. The league doesn't care about you. Uh, you don't play in primetime games. You never win. You've had one winning season basically in 20 years. Beside the Browns, you're the losingest team of the internet era. That's It's embarrassing. And that, that's a fact. And your locker room at Alameda, and it's going to change in Vegas. Yeah, well, it's not Vegas yet. And your locker room right now at Alameda is a joke. As I saw Townie tweeted last night at the A's game, you're playing on a fucking dirt field on Monday Night Football. Well, oh, you know what? I'm glad you said that because that was the other thing I thought of. Is like, did he think of? He's going. Wait a second. I'm doing what? 
Yeah. So yeah, he I, maybe that I, I don't even know if it got that far, but because I don't even think he was around on that. No, f- I just think it's like the, the collection of all these. Yeah, things. and he, he goes, "I'm a superstar. I'm fucking LeBron James, Odell Beckham." Alex Rodriguez, like, I am a lightning rod for this league, and you're going to put me at a bunch of 10 a.m. kickoffs for a team that's going to win three or four games? Well, so I, I, yeah. that has to, like, to me, once he kind of starts hating him, maybe he starts putting two and two together. Like, I'm going to be on this really shitty team, and I'm fucking already kind of hate these guys. Now, yeah, and, and the other the other part there, John, would be, and that's where you start getting mad about, I, 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 didn't, get, I didn't choose to be here, right? You guys, this system forces me to be here. You guys traded me here. But, he, but he's the right. Patriots, but he's right. He, he is right. No, he is right. He did not pick the Raiders. And I, I said all along, and Raider fans get so fucking offended, he didn't want to, like, he didn't, the Raiders weren't his number one. They were the only team, and let's repeat, the only team willing to give him that kicker in money, that quote-unquote $30 million. And once I think well, he... Were the, re- what, was, what about the report that the Patriots were off in a first? But that wasn't going to be an option because the Steelers were never going to trade. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just, so he yeah. knows like other teams were interested, right? And that's where Belichick could call Drew, be like, "God, we tried to trade it first, and I Colbert would never call us back." So he goes, "God, these guys are going to want me." So regardless what I do here, and this is where it sucks to be a Raider fan, he could have pulled down his pants, taken a shit on Mayock's desk, and Belichick wasn't going to care, right? So he's self sabotaging. He goes extra hard this last week, and they're not judging him on any of that. And that gets back to the organization. Like, if you did that to Roseman or you did that to Jerry, it looked different. And I also think here's where the collusion thing. If he had, let's say, had just been a Dallas Cowboy, or let's use a team in the AFC like the Chiefs, and just done this and now ended up on the Patriots, I think it'd be a league issue. I think there'd be a problem. But I tweeted this last night, serious question. The league doesn't give a shit about the Raiders. They just don't because they're so bad constantly again no one in this like we're one of the last people in this market that even talk about you you're you're bad for business not for us I enjoy talking about you I wanted Antonio DeBrown to be on the team but I this and a lot of Raider fans were tweeting like you're right like if this had been the Packers and he had done this and ended up on the Patriots I I just think there'd be a league hearing or something but I I just don't even think anyone cares with the Raiders I win the league Do, do you think there's something to that uh, yeah, I also wonder, you know, any of those kind of franchises that would have upset the league if it happened to them, would he have done that too? But I'm, I'm just, you have to preface yeah. it by saying, okay. if he does this to Howie Roseman, it'd probably be, make a little more sense for people to be really mad in the AFC, but I think you could use the Eagles or the Cowboys. And he does the same exact thing and, and then ends up on the Patriots. Those two teams view themselves as Super Bowl champs would be pissed, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know exactly like the league protocol. Right. And the Raiders have the right to be pissed, by the way. 100%. And the fans have the right to feel like they got played. I, I completely, that's what I'm saying. This is where I always say when you waste time getting on like me and you and Kawakami, you're fucking wasting your breath. Like, get it's your team that's fucking you, not us. The media is not screwing you guys, it's the ineptness of the leadership with your organization that constantly does this shit that is basically enables people like Bill to prey on you because big business, the bigger they get, they just keep preying on the little guy. Some of them, the, the little guy does everything right. They just get bought out. And sometimes the little guy maybe has a really good idea. Like this one, I guess in theory, you'd be like, oh, we got him for nothing. Yeah, it was a good idea in theory until he 
self-sabotages and ruins them and then becomes available for Bill for nothing. He didn't give up anything, guy. He just gets them for free. And he didn't, like, mid-season, he got him fucking to start the season. And he was like, yeah, we don't even need him week one, whatever. Like, he wouldn't have played him even if he would have been eligible to play last night. They didn't need him. They beat the shit out of the Steelers. So, it's why I do defend Belichick. Like, he gets to take advantage of the idiots. Stop being an idiot. You know, stop being an idiot. And at the end well, of the day... You well, know you know what that goes back to is I saw somebody... And when I say an idiot, like, this was an idiotic move. It, it just was. Thinking that you had the culture to make this work from the beginning. And then not committing to having the culture that... And the, when I say culture, I don't mean... A, not committing to doing the things necessary once you get in bed with him to keep him happy. And it's hard to keep him happy. You got to kind of swallow your pride on some stuff. But you can't find him again. You can't do it. Well, well, here's and, my- and you know what? And by the the other thing, John, in retrospect... By the time they find him the second time, it probably didn't matter. He was going to do whatever it 100%. is he had to do. Like, if you saw Schrager's report, it was more than just punting the football. It was throwing a second one into a trash, throwing the third one, like the trying fence. to throw the third one, uh, no, over the fence and to the airport or some bullshit. Oh, he was throwing um, balls that whole practice. Yeah, but Schrager said yesterday, it wasn't just that he punted the first one in the fence. Then he threw another one in a trash can. Then he threw another one over the fence. Yeah, that's pretty bad. So then it was just like, how do I get at it? Which is, I'm just going to – because at that point, it's like, wh- what are you going to do? Keep him out of spite? No, you're not going to keep him out of spite. You're going to cut your losses. Well, he, here's, my, here's my question. Are they going to learn from any of this? Because last year it was like, Gruden came in. He wanted to do it the right way. Whether they didn't have the money, whatever, the Khalil Mack trade, it happened. By mid-year, the Amari trade made sense. So they were locked and loaded to do a sweet rebuild. Then what happened? Gruden, it was like early January. He's like, I'm never going through that shit again. We're going to fucking try to win. So if they suck again, how's he going to be like, well, let's just do a slow rebuild. <laughs> like that's, that's not the way he thinks. You don't change that mindset. That's where I would be worried if I was a Raider fan. Like, how's he going to be able to okay with doing it the right way? Because doing it the right way does take a little time. Yeah. And despite having this long contract, he's not really into time, guy. His no. time is now. As someone tweeted, like, Gruden said he was in the nightmares. Well, or not in the nightmares. Well, he got one. And it was Antonio Brown. Because that was as big of a nightmare. I mean, it's unprecedented kind of what we saw. Now, we probably won't ever truly know. Because now, well, some of it is a little fake. Right? Because if Antonio Brown is not doing this just to do it to be, like, a malcontent, if he's partly doing it to try to get cut, then it is fake. Like, part, people don't do that because people don't try to get cut like this, right? Right, right. E- even good players that want to leave, like, that's why the NBA comparisons, well, what do NBA players do? Like, just trade me, I'm not resigning. And they kind of force your hand, but they don't. Th- this was, and we talked about this on Saturday, relative to the NBA, relative to anything we've ever seen, the most over the top because it involved a guy like actively doing like LeBron every once in a while does the close fists and just do stupid shit. This was ridiculous. I mean, this was, this was orchestrated. I think that's what it's fair to say, right? This was, he did this on purpose and did Belichick tell him to do this on purpose? I don't know. Uh, I don't even think Bill would worry. He just might be like, yeah, tell your guy to get cut and we'll fucking sign him. Right. It might just be that simple. He doesn't like, Bill's like, well, record what Gruden says to you and then put it on a YouTube video. And then, you know, I don't think it's that far. But I do think on the most, like, you could just take a step back and he could just say, listen, 
if you're going to get up, force his way out of there and we'll talk. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And they talked. Yeah, they talked. Uh, all right. Derek, this leads you right into the rebuild and the lack of patience for a rebuild for John. So we've talked about it because of that being a make or break year for Derek. But here's Derek Carr now in this situation that is just F to say the least. And you look around the NFL. Hell, after Thursday, you said, I know a team that would trade for Derek Carr, the Chicago Bears. That wasn't a report by you. You're just watching the game. But here he is now tonight. He's got to play out this season where it feels like the, the deck is stacked against him, and he might never make it to that house in Vegas, John, and that might actually be best for him. Maybe he's the one that ends up flipping a house. Well, I, I say it all the time. I, I know the Carr brothers think the Raiders are the best thing since sliced bread. It's been a disaster for Derek's football career. He's made some money, but his football career has fallen apart. I mean, he went from MVP candidate to kind of being a laughing stock by most people, not just people on Twitter, like people that cover the NFL. Don't think he's good. I mean, he gets crushed on by credible people all the time. And I say it all, it's hard to judge him. It's going to be hard. It's, it's going to be a little easier to judge him this year, but still not ideal. He just lost his number one target the day before the season. And as Gruden said, he hasn't been practicing, but still, I, if I'm Derek, I want out. Like I, and I know he was not going to do that, but like, why would you want to be involved in this team? It's just bad for your mental health. You're not going to win. You're getting ripped on. Uh, you, you, your team attempted to surround you with the craziest dude in the NFL history. I, I just... Who pretended to be your best friend. I, I know. Remember when he went to Bulldog Stadium and played on the uh, on the bounce Inflatable? house? With, yeah. yeah, with Ollie. That was after he showed up at his house and started hugging him. Yeah, that went well. I, I, I just think that... I don't know, man. I Is, is he going to make it to Vegas? If you had to put the odds right now that Derek Carr is a starting quarterback for the Raiders in Vegas, would you put it under 50% or over 50%? Yeah, and, and, and I would put it under um, because now I, I'd be surprised. And we've been talking about we think they were going to have a good offensive year. I just think Gruden, if they go 5-11 and 11 or whatever. Well, his patience level is so low. Is so, and, and again, I think Derek might be better off because think about now the places. I don't think it's arguable. Yeah, depending on where he goes. But Chicago, I don't know if Tampa's better. T- Tennessee would be great. I don't know if they'd, you know, let's see how he plays this but, year. But, but but isn't it safe to say, if you're Derek, would you rather be around Arians or Mayock and Gruden? I don't even think that's that's not even a question at this point yeah, in time. Yeah, he, but he still has to be, that's the thing this year, is he's got to be, like, he's got to be fundamental. He's got to take care of his own business this year. I, I'm not right? saying that if he left, he would get some big contract. He might just have to, like, approve a deal or something, but he would get a chance. He would get, he'd be a starting quarterback for another team in 2019. To me, be better than Mariota this year, and you'll have multiple options. 100. It's, but it's going to be hard to be better than Mariota. Like, their team's not bad. Well, yeah, but but be good enough that the Titans go, God, I mean, our defense is so good. Imagine what we could do if we could make a few more plays in the passing game. But here's the other thing. Like, let's say you just bring Derek into a team with, like, Mariota's on the team or Mitch's on the team. Like, Derek's beating that guy out in training camp. He just is. Yeah, that's what I mean. Why, why are you not giving Trubisky the respect of Mitchell? Because you don't get to play like that and be considered by the name that you want to be considered by. When I think you get the Mitch. name your mom gave you. I think you did get that respect. But, but everyone called him Mitch for a long time, and it was fine. And then he kind of made a big deal. Like, you're just being called what we all called you. You know, it's not like we're not – I'm not going Rondé Barber. I think Barber. you deserve to be called the name you want to be called. Yeah, but he was so shitty. Basic like, I'll, human I'll call right. him Mitchell if he, gets a, if he bounces back. Like, after that performance, one of the worst football performances we've ever seen – 
We'll just call him the, the quarterback for the Bears. I, I don't even want him to call him by his name. Because that was bad. And they the difference between that and like the Raiders, that the Raiders aren't really set up to win. And this is my issue with Derek for like being so loyal to this place. Don't be fucked. Your, your career is going to suck here. You have a chance to get away and win. If this year goes really bad, maybe Derek elevates and they play well, and maybe it makes sense. But but that's the weird balance of the scenarios. He's got to play well enough to give other people the idea that they want to come, they want to sign him. But then it has to be bad enough around him that we look at it and say, well, it wasn't all his fault, right? That's a kind of a tightrope to watch to to walk. Well, I think like going into the game yesterday against Tampa. Not that Jimmy was what I was expected, but I didn't expect much of Jimmy. I, I, my my projection on the Jimmy Garoppolo experience is relatively low right now. Like my, my expectations for him are low. Yeah, I don't really have expectations for Derek. Like I, I wouldn't be stunned tonight if he throws three touchdowns, and I wouldn't be shocked if he throws a couple pick sixes. Like I, I I'm just, I, I'm open to whatever. I guess that's kind of where I'm at with him. I'm I'm kind of going. Eyes wide open. I'll just go with the flow. I, I don't have a good feel for him right now. That's probably the best way to put it. And and I'm making some excuse for him that this is kind of nuts. Now, he's used to the nutty because he's been here the whole time. But these last 12 months has been insane. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? I don't think being used to the nutty helped. I mean, I it's, yeah, it's not a good like this situation. This situation, where it was like this was your guy. Like this, you and him were gonna take the league by storm, right? Like if you're in his head, that's what you're thinking. Like this is the year we put it together, and then the whole thing just explodes in spectacular fashion. I, I, I mean, I, I really wonder just what the mental state of this team's gonna be tonight. And, Monday and, night. and last year when they traded Khalil Mack, it didn't impact Derek in that game. Like, it might have ruined his spirit a little bit or whatever. His friend was gone, and that sucked. They knew he was the best player on the team. But that wasn't why he threw the, was it three picks in that game? I think so. The picks. And they were bad picks. Where this, like like you said, part of his confidence and his swag coming back would be, I got one of the best players in the league that I'm throwing to. They ain't stopping me. I'm gonna I, that MVP, Derek, that everyone's been pretending is never going to exist again, might come back, fellas. Keep an eye out. How's that even possible now? Like you're, they're they're forced into like signing Keelan Doss, which they kind of have to do. You know, they're, who's their second best wide receiver? Hunter Renfro, Ryan Grant. Like for as bad as last year was, Tyrell Williams is a huge upgrade. But the other guys who are solid players, I mean, we I I don't know how good Renfro will be. We'll see. It's hard to tell with rookies. But like Ryan Grant, solid. But they you know, they had solid guys before. It was just, yeah, I mean, the, those players as complementary players to the best receiver in the NFL potentially is 100%. a much better script. Like when he had good years, what did he have? He had Amari that looked like a pro bowler and a Crabtree. the couple normal years of Crabtree, which really helped. Like that, that was a big deal to have those two guys. And people forget, like Seth Roberts was a really good role player because it's, it's easy to be a, like, is it, you always say like there's never been a good six man on a bad NBA team. Yeah. You know, just like there's never been a good slot receiver on a shitty offense, right? Usually a good slot receiver is when you probably have a good tight end or a good running game like that. Because your slot receiver is usually an Edelman or something. He's a function of everything going on. Like Seth Roberts were making plays when Crabtree and Amari were kicking ass. So if you're playing the the Denver Broncos are playing these guys tonight, when you go, well, let's just make sure Tyrell Williams doesn't beat us. And then if if Hunter Renfro is going to go off, fucking so be it. Because that guy 
we'll take our chances with him, right? That's that's going to be the game plan. That's where it's mm-hmm. a huge domino effect. Because before, it'd be like, well, we got to cover 84. And then Tyrell Williams might kick your ass. Now, I, I just think the, the domino effect of losing him, and that's, that's why when we talk it out, it's so clear why they stood by Antonio Brown for so long. They, they understood this. And who understood this the best? John. Because this is his offense. That's why he went till the final straw. The it, it took for them to cut Antonio Brown. It ultimately took an Instagram post saying "fucking release me" at Raiders. <laughs> that that's ultimately what it took. Which is even in pro sports is pretty nuts. Like trade requests from Anthony Davis. He never says it out loud. Even he's like, yeah, that's between us. I've told him my feelings. He never actually says it to the public. It's all behind. Like Even Jimmy Butler, it's behind closed doors. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to talk about that. They know my feelings. Antonio's just, release me at Raiders. Like, that's, well, you know what that's I'm insane. thinking of? It is insane. But you know who doesn't run the, the Raiders Twitter account? Or the Instagram account? Mayock. Like, Mayock doesn't run the account. Like, Mayock's not the first guy that gets that alert. Can you imagine just for a second when you see the person, yeah, not being the met, no, being the person who runs the Instagram account, who you are just, I'm the social media person for the Raiders, whatever that person's name is. Let's call that person Billy. So you, could you, be a girl, could be a guy. You get up, and, you get updated when someone links your account. That's right, especially when it's like somebody like verified with a lot of followers, and you're just making a dinner run, or I don't know what what time was that. Whenever that was, you're doing whatever it is you're doing, sitting at the desk, writing some emails. Maybe taking a lunch break, maybe FaceTiming a friend. It's like, oh, somebody, you, like, oh, let's see what this is. Oh my God, who has Mayock's number? And of course, no one in the social media department actually has a Mayock cell. You got to track somebody does who does. You guys got to see this. How how bad will it make the Raiders look? If just think about that that person though. No, for a I second. know. Well, I mean, that guy sees a lot of crazy shit. If <laughs> wouldn't gal. you say that most people in the NFL, unless you run like the Patriots account, see some ugly shit? Because there was a point in time yesterday, like when the Eagles were getting their ass kicked, it was probably pretty ugly. Uh, yeah, they, but, but there's a difference between like, oh man, our fo- fans are blowing up our social feed, and then you realize, oh, this isn't a fan. This everyone's replying to Antonio Brown. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. What? How bad of a look is it for the Raiders if he goes to the Patriots and is just awesome and just acts normal? Does yeah, that, is that bet, a big blow? Yeah, it is. And people say, well, yes, it's a big blow because that's where you go back to. This weekend, some people were going, how come the Raiders got a lot of flack for signing him, but Bill doesn't get flack? And it's like, well, they don't have the same amount of equity. Now, if you're going to make it through the year, John... For anyone that tweeted that or or had that thought, that's the dumbest fucking thought I've ever heard of in my life. Like, if you honestly are saying that, are you an idiot? Like, Can you honestly say that out loud and not just be... Even a Raider fan would be like, yeah, no shit. That's fucking Bill Belichick. We got two TV personalities. What are we talking about? Whoa, Belichick gets credit. Yeah, he gets credit. You know, he just fucking won the Super Bowl. It happens to be a sixth. I don't know if you watched them last night. They're like the best team in league history. Like, what? I, I can't believe some people were tweeting that. That's, a, that's an embarrassing tweet. That's a joke. I mean, what the fuck are we talking about? It's the Raiders who have been... And I think Raider fans sometimes struggle with this one. Outside of this little bubble of the Northern California, like, people laugh at you a lot. And it's not your fault. Like, you're just a fan. You want your team to be good. Like, if anything, you should be embarrassed at the people that keep making you a laughing stock. Gruden, Mark Davis, they keep allowing this shit to happen. 
So as long as it gets allowed to happen, it's never going to change. I actually was thinking yesterday people were kind of blowing Tomlin. I think the last like week maybe kind of paints Reggie and Jack in a little better light. Like what? Really, their little three-year run, the three of them or the two of them, was actually not as terrible looking back as even a couple of the losses felt. Right. Like what they, what they overcame and this and that was like mid move. But, but they didn't I, know they're moving. Yeah. It did feel like... No, you're right. You're right. Now, I'll put a period on that and say it did feel like it was trending the wrong way, though. I'm not saying that we should uh, retroactively go back and back. You know Del Rio had an unreal tenure, but I I do think they were probably a little more successful than anyone else ever is with the Raiders. Yeah. Like, look at at Gruden last year. Well, Drafts in the top five and still probably had the worst team in the league. How's that even possible? And remember, like, credit to Jack. When he got in, one of the things was like, okay, guys, we're, we're making the weight room better. Yeah, hey, okay. guys, we need a sauna for our players. So he understood kind of what the baseline was, and we thought we were past all that stuff. But maybe we're not past all that stuff. Just that what that represented, not necessarily actually the weight room. Would you ever have guessed in a million years that the Gruden tenure would have been this nuts and this rocky? I would have thought it would have been a little more stable. Yeah, this. I, who could have? How could you predict this? You, well, you couldn't have. But you know, a lot of people were tweeting and Florio like it's it's, it's gone about as poorly as it could have gone, right? Because their even their first round draft picks last year turned out to be really high. Then this year, the Antonio Brown situation, their team looks like they're gonna suck again. The schedule's really hard. Like it's it's got a chance to be just back to back disaster years. Yeah. Uh, if you want to get to one of the last Raider games, John, at the Coliseum, or maybe go see the 49ers in a couple weeks when the Steelers come to town, who know what the Steelers will look like when they get there. There's one way to do it. you got to do it with SeatGeek, John. Forget about all the ticketing websites that make it really difficult on purpose. It feels like um, they don't care about the customer experience. We've used SeatGeek a lot. It's a much better process. They pull together millions of tickets from all over the web. Then here's my favorite part. They rate each deal on a scale of 1 to 10. So you know where the good deal is. You have all the deals, the dots. I love the dots. You got green dots, good deals. Red dots, bad deals. You see the interactive map. Look for the green dots. SeatGeek makes it so easy. Promo code HAM gets you 10 bucks off your first purchase. No, it's really, I, I've been driving to concerts. It's not just games, right? It's, it's any event that you can think of. I've been driving to concert and bought tickets. Obviously, the game's the same way. Uh, whether you live, you know, you want to get to Bochy's last game, probably get in for a decent price. If, you know, you're listening to this, you want to make a late-night run to the Coliseum the night, boom, good price. A couple weeks, the Niners come home. I think they play the Steelers in two weeks at home. Uh, we're, we got people living in L.A. You guys got a ton of events going on. Sacramento, the Kings games aren't that far away. It works for everything. And like you said, it's so easy to use. You do the whole thing on your phone. You can see the arena, the venue, wherever you're going. You can see you can see all the different seat prices, the values. It's unreal. Promo code ham. Promo code ham. Ten dollars off. SeatGeek will again ten dollars off. All you need to do is use the promo code. It doesn't get any easier. You guys know the drill. Download the SeatGeek app. We all have it. In the promo code ham for ten dollars off on your first purchase, guy. All right, share it with people. Okay, NFL headlines. Middlecoff. NFL headlines. Uh, you want to, let's just rattle through games. If we have a thought, we'll rattle off a thought. If we don't, we'll move on from the game. What do you think? Yeah, fire through. Rapid fire it up. Okay, uh, I'm just going to start here. I've got all the scores up. Rams, Panthers, 30 to 27. Rams got the win. Um, what'd you think? First thought, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's clearly MVP one of the, candidate. Yeah, I mean, I, said? I, I, I don't know if they're going to win enough games, but I think it's clear he's one of the best players in the league. 
Like he, he's one of the best players in the league, and that's really saying something. Like he he is an elite player. He can. There's nothing he can't do. He does everything well. Uh, and Todd Gurley splitting carries. Now we knew that Todd Gurley, the days of Todd Gurley being Todd Gurley, are probably over. But you're splitting carries week one, and Jared Goff. I watched some of his post game press conference. He was kind of trying to poo poo it, just like yeah, I, we, you guys talk about it more than we do. Again, Jared, and I understand him saying that. I, I don't judge anyone in the NFL on their words. They, they mean nothing to me. You know, Kyle Shanahan last year was like, we love Solomon Thomas. Like, Kyle, you play him 20 snaps a game. Todd Gurley, and here's the thing, guy. Here's what's weird, and maybe this is why they know something that we don't. He looked pretty good last night, Todd Gurley. He had, looking at his box score, 14 carries for 97 yards. I'm not a math major, but that's pretty good average per carry. I think it was mm-hmm. like six yards a carry. So he's pretty functional still. But maybe they just have to limit his touches to keep him at a pretty high level. Yeah. I, I, I also watching the Rams, like, I think they're solid. Uh, they're going to be good. I mean, they're a 10-11 win team. But I don't think they're quite as potent maybe as they've been. Uh, I mean, Cam Newton guy was atrocious in the second half. McCaffrey had, I mean, he, he almost had a 250 all-purpose yards. I mean, he was he was dominant. He had, what, 29 touches? 29 touches, yeah. 80 yards catching and 128 on the ground. He's a fucking baller. Uh, okay, here's a, uh, here's a trivia question for you, okay? So while Kyle Shanahan was on the sideline yelling at, at Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy threw for 166 yards, okay? Okay. How many more yards did Garoppolo have passing than Kirk Cousins? Wow. Uh, you're saying that Kirk Cousins did not have 166 yards? That's what I'm saying. Kirk Cousins had the fewest passing yards in the NFL this week. I'm not counting what happened in Jacksonville. I don't know what yeah, Foles so, had. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'd say Cousins had 128. Um, so Cousins had 98 yards passing. Are you serious? On 8 of 10. <laughs> so it was 80%. So 68 would have been the winning number. 68 fewer passing yards for Kirk Cousins than Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, they got the win. Matt Ryan threw a couple picks. Well, I mean, nine, you knew eight of ten, John. Eight of ten. So that's not one of the. You're not even making fun of them. Like they didn't even. They're like, fuck. We don't even need to pass. They. they well, I'm kind of making fun, but yeah, they didn't need to pass. But he only had ten attempts. So what? Are, what are you going to do? You yeah, know? I mean, the Falcons were getting shut out until they till the fourth quarter. They were up twenty-eight nothing heading into the fourth. How how did Matty I how did they not score for three quarters? How's that possible when you have Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Sanu, Austin Hooper, like Devontae Freeman? How's this possible? As someone texted me in the NFL yesterday, is did Matty Ice just melt? Because I thought the big winner of this game, though, just seeing some of the highlights, was Dalvin Cook looks unreal. I mean, he had 111 yards, two touchdowns, but he's just awesome. So I, I think that. That's a pretty solid win for the Vikings. Like, we just kicked yep. their ass. We don't even – you probably – that's one of those in the second quarter. Like, you tell your your offensive coordinator, just like, don't show anything else. Just fucking run the same play over and over. They're fucked. It's one of those games, I feel like, if you're the if you're the Falcons. Like, you just scrap everything. You're like, don't show anything to anybody. Because I'm pretty sure that – I mean, that's pretty interesting game this uh, – Sunday morning at Packers, Minnesota at Green Bay. Like, yeah, it is. There's going to be one of those two teams going to be feeling pretty good, right? Be 2-0. and 
I would probably lean Minnesota's the better team, but, you know, Green Bay, a long rest. That's an interesting game. Uh, Eagles. Everyone's making fun of the Eagles at halftime. Well, they did fight one of the members of the Sixers in the pregame parking lot. Mike wearing, Scott? Yeah, for wearing a Redskins jersey. <laughs> the Eagles at one point in time were also down, I think, 17 to nothing. It might have been 17 to 7, but they, they were getting their ass kicked. Halftime score was 20 to 7. It was 27, yeah. So it, it was 17 to 7. Carson threw a late touchdown, and then they kicked the field goal to make it 20 to 7. I thought in the second half, Carson Wentz like flipped a switch and looked like an MVP. Because his ultimate numbers were, you know, I mean, fuck, probably threw 75%, three, 313 yards, three touchdowns, but he just took over. And I, I think him and Doug are just, they're a pretty special combination. Like, you left to the Eagles fan, you're like, play a shitty half, it happens. We saw our high end and our high end, because they scored late in the second quarter. So they had basically two, two a half worth of 32 points. Like, they can score fast. Which is good. Like the Niners, if they were down twenty to seven at halftime, if I told you they were down twenty to seven at halftime to a team, what would you say? Loss, right? I'd say, what am I doing in the second half? <laughs> yeah, nap time. Hashtag nap time. One hundred percent. Like are the Eagles, their high ends high. How about uh, once upon a time in Gangland when Chip Kelly sent Deshaun Jackson packing? He had a pretty strong comeback first game as an Eagle since two thousand nineteen. Eight catches, one hundred fifty four yards, two touchdowns, and just yeah. looks sweet, guy. Bird gang. Him and Howie Roseman in the same gang. Would you say that uh, Chip Kelly, like the the spectrum of the Howie versus Chip just keeps getting wider, the gap? Yes. Winners and losers? Yes. All right, you pick a game. I've I've been picking games. You pick something. Uh, I watched a little bit of this on the red zone, so I don't have like a total overall takeaway, though I did see his final drive. Jets-Bills was, for the most part, a pretty shitty game. The Jets were kind of kicking their ass, but when I say kicking their ass, it was like nine to nothing for a minute. I mean, it was just a bad, but one of those bad, good games. Josh Allen gets the ball late, basically leads them on a game-winning drive. They have 14 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to beat the Jets in New Jersey, 17 to 16. Now, Josh Allen, like Darnold does some plays where you're just like, this guy's awesome. Their team's not that good. It's clear Sam Darnold's going to be really talented once they get him more help. Josh Allen is still really inaccurate. He was 24-37, but just some balls were flying all over the place. But he made just some plays when he had to. The Bills are tough, man. They're just their defense is good. They're just could they, you know, obviously with this win, the NFC, the AFC East, Miami's gonna might go winless. The Jets probably be six or seven wins. I, I do think the Bills could just stay alive in just this wild card hunt. They, they might not be able to get to nine wins, but I, I'm going to go a strong overreaction Monday prediction that like come mid-November, like headed toward Thanksgiving, the Bills are very much alive. But you feel like, God, they're like eight and seven, but you just can't discount them. You know, they're just, they're hovering. They're going to lose some games where you're just like, ugh. And they're going to win some games where it wouldn't totally shock me if they like, upset the Patriots or something one week. People are like, damn, the Bills. Well, the Pats get one a year where in their division, you're like, what the hell just happened? Well, it's safe to say that's not going to be Miami. And it's not going to be Miami. No, it's not going to be Miami. <laughs> How about the report that like a bunch of Dolphins have been requesting trades? It's like, guys, you were the ones on the field. So it's everybody else? Like, I have news for you. You are everybody else. 
The yes. guy, you, all you guys that want trades, you're the everybody else. What guy? Just, everybody okay. else is getting wants a trade because of you. Let's go. Let's go to that game. I'm just looking at the box score. Like Devontae Parker's asking for a trade. Uh, uh, Kenyon Drake's asking for a trade. No. Ryan Fitzpatrick, of course not. Like Gillis Glee, this tight end they just drafted from Penn State, he ain't asked for a trade. Who on their team guy is asking for a trade? Eric Rowe? Like your team sucks. And their best player, that Xavier Howard, the corner they have, I guess came out and said, like, it wasn't me. I'm not requesting a trade. <laughs> so or he tweeted something, or maybe it, like news broke that it's not him. So it's like, if it's not him, then who gives a shit? I no one cares about any of you guys. Now I've been not an anti-Lamar guy. He's just not my type quarterback. You go 17 for 20 guy in an NFL game, throw over 300 yards and five touchdowns, you get you get a hat tip of respect. He becomes your type of quarterback. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's an impressive performance. I do think it's fair to preface it by saying, before we make just concrete judgments of just this team's good, this team's bad, this team's a playoff team, I got to watch them play a couple games against non-the Dolphins. Because is it safe to say the Dolphins are going to be really bad? Like, I, I got news for you, guy. He's Lamar's probably going to have another good week. They play the Cardinals this week at home. I like Lamar in that situation. Then they go on a stretch where I think this will be an interesting stretch to judge Lamar. At Chiefs, first the Browns, at the Steelers. So I think basically by October 6th, which is my 35th birthday, we'll have an idea of where Lamar J- Jackson stands. Because there's no disputing... That just after the one game, you'd go, this has a chance. And I think that's very fair to say. Because you could overreact and be like, this guy's a superstar. I- I'm just going to hesitate to do that. I do think he's really talented, and maybe they just, I don't know. I, I also think part of a guy is your first game of the year, you game plan all year long for these plays. You play just the worst team. I'm not, I'm not trying to be critical of him at all, because he deserved like the respect. Like, it's, this is the NFL. So, like you said. Those players requesting a trade, like guys, you were fucking on the field. So yeah, they call quarters coverage. If you just stop running, that's on. That's your fault. You know, it's like you can. It's the coaches. Yeah, they're tanking. How, how does that impact you? So you're, you're tanking too. You're the player. You know, you guys just quit. Like you, yeah, you guys might not be good enough players, but the other team that's going to trade for you be like this guy just quit on the field. Yeah, but I, I would have guessed the last team in the league. Uh- that would have scored basically 60 points week one would have been the Ravens. I, look, so now is probably not the time to say this, but this one did bug me a little. It's like, uh, uh, Bill Polian, who is he? Like, people have been wrong about players before. He's the one that wanted, you know, he wasn't the only one that thought Lamar Jackson should be a receiver, right? Do you think Bill Polian, like, picks up their phone in the Hall of Fame jacket or no? Well, that's the thing that it's like, okay, well, so let's, you're going to rescind his Hall of Fame induction or what? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, are we talking about? Are, are we trying to act like, like, yeah, Phil Jackson got a little weird with Carmelo? Does that mean Phil Jackson's a village idiot? Like, check his resume. Like, yeah, he's he's right. That one, I hate that one. That's like, well, that that was heavy yesterday on progressive Twitter. Yeah, I, that's, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, I I think it, isn't it fair to say that Lamar Jackson, if you were anti Lamar Jackson, he's probably going to be better than you than you thought yep, he was going to be. Definitely, I would be in that camp. But so would I. You, but is he going to be this? That, to me, is kind of a question mark. Is that fair? Yeah, but, I mean, you can be less than this and still be really good. Well, do you... Are they a playoff team? Well, if he's less than that but still really good. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, they, I think we leave this weekend, you can go, Miami sucks, 
But, God, the Ravens might be a playoff team. Uh, Seahawks, Bengals, anything we need to address nah, there? I, I, you kind of mentioned John I do Ross. think the John Ross story is really cool. Because it is. he was – they talked about, for a brief second, moving him back to corner when he was on the Bengals guy. Because yeah, didn't he early, play – It cor- happened pretty quick. Didn't too. he play corner for a minute with the, for the uh, Washington, like when he was young? Did he? I don't remember that, but maybe. I- Someone tweeted at me, I think, early, early in his career, maybe it was freshman – because he was okay. just fast and little, they were just experimenting, and then he once he kind of took off on offense, it was never a question. But I think last year, once it went so shitty, like he he didn't just have a good game, guy. He I mean, he had I don't know if you saw the highlights. He had a couple I of did. Just unreal catches. The one high pointed over the DB at and at Seattle. So for him, that's a that's a pretty Huge unreal game. moment for him, yep. right? Yeah. Uh, Nick Foles, man. Like I told you, what the Jags were a team I was looking forward to watching in part because of him. Now. Minshew put up some numbers too. I, I actually, I'll still probably watch him because just because Minshew, that whole thing is it like air raid quarterback. Dude should have been making cut ups for Saban on New Mexico State this week. Instead, he's playing in a game. Uh, starting, but starting in an NFL game. Now, yeah. now he'll be starting in an NFL game. Yeah, but I just feel so bad for Foles, man. I like he's. I love his story. I'm just a fan. I'm rooting for him, and I feel terrible for him. Guy, the guy's got weird luck because. He's had some unreal highs. I mean, he's had the best high of all time, right? He had a he won a Super Bowl as a backup quarterback. Like that's that's, Cinderella. That's yeah. it's it's really in sports. Does it get any more fairy tale than that? Like really, you know, being a backup quarterback come in and win the Super Bowl. It's only happened a handful of times. Uh, and then to go to this team, which it looked like the Jags were not going to be bad. He had just thrown a beautiful touchdown pass and then break the collarbone. Full, uh, if you just look at Minshew's number, he didn't go twenty-two or twenty-five. So it's like, well, he, dude, didn't he set a record for like most completions consecutively in a debut? I wouldn't be shocked. Like this yeah, guy, I think he did. They might be decent. Their defense is a bigger issue. I thought my bigger takeaway was Mahomes had three hundred yards passing in the first half. Now, context, PFF, a lot of it was run after the catch. Like Sammy. Uh, if you pro- pulled up and YouTube Sammy's Clemson highlights, it had some shades of that yesterday. Mm. And last time I talked to Coach Reed, he loves Sammy Watkins because, and they were talking about on the broadcast, like as a human, they love him as a guy. Like he's the opposite of Antonio Brown, no ego, told him a team guy. Yeah, he's married. He's just he's just a really good guy, and they they're like really rooting for him because I was Kenny Albert. He was calling the Niner game. It was uh, Iron Eagle. Might have been calling. Yeah, it was Eagle and Fouts was just saying like Andy can't. He keeps telling. He kept telling us like I, I can't. I can't root for this guy anymore. Like I'm so excited. Like this is awesome. To, if he can just stay healthy, the sky's the limit. Guy, like again, a little bit like Lamar Jackson. You don't luck into nine catches, two hundred yards, and three touchdowns as a wide receiver, right? Like that's this is the NFL. I mean, that's a fucking elite performance. Three, three touchdowns and two hundred yards receiving, and a lot of it's making guys miss. Like, he dominated. Dominated. And I think Veach and those guys would tell you, yeah, we overpaid a little bit. Now, part of it was because he had a market, but we also loved the upside. We just knew if we could just... Now, a lot of times, the guy that... If we can just keep this guy healthy, those are the type of players that, you know, more times than not, they don't stay healthy. But, man, this... If he's just good... I mean, he did at one point in time go fourth overall in a draft, and it really wasn't that weird, Right? It wasn't like, God, he would have gone in the third round. Like, he was going in the top ten. I feel like receiver high draft picks get weird faster than any other position. Well, once they're in the league. But when they get drafted high, it's not that weird. 
right? Uh, Minshew, 13 straight completions to begin his career, the longest streak from any player to begin their career who debuted over the last 40 years. I actually think he's, like, I'm actually kind of confident that he'll just be okay. Because he's used to throwing the ball a lot. He's just, yeah, and he's patient. He's used to holding on to the ball a lot. Like, he's, I don't think he's a, like, jittery, like, can't handle having the ball in his hands, looking around, taking his time, content to not make mistakes. Like, one of his big things at Washington State was, I'm just not going to make, I'm not, I'm not going to hurt us with mistakes. So if he can avoid interceptions, that's kind of how he's built, like how he thinks. He did through a, make some nice deep No, he, he did. If you, if you had to guess right now, what does it take to get the one seed in the AFC? The one seed? The one seed. Like, how many wins are you going to need? 15? I mean. <laughs> Between these two teams? Wouldn't you say you would probably give the, the nudge to the Patriots just because their division is a lot easier? Like, yeah, how many do they need, or how many do you need if you're another if you're another team? I think you're gonna need like 15 wins because I think the Patriots are gonna win 13 games. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, is it safe to say that it, it feels like 14, the one seed is gonna be the Chiefs or the Patriots? How many wins does it get to get the one seed, John? How many wins does it take for the three seed? Because you're not getting the two, or I mean, I mean the two seed. How many wins does it take for the two? Uh, yeah, I mean, if right. you're so, my point is, if you're someone other, how many wins does it take for somebody else? To get the two seed over either the Chiefs or the Patriots, well, I think that's like that, minimum that, thirteen that wins. Is, that's probably the better one. Well, so you go. The pa- is one of those is one of those teams going to win eleven games? The Chiefs fewer or the Patriots? than twelve. Yeah, like is one of them going to win fewer than twelve? No. So that means somebody else has to win thirteen games to be a two seed. Like it's just. Like everyone in the AFC is fighting for the three seed outside of the. But when you the agree that, like, if if I told you the Ravens went ten and six and were the three seed, that's believable, right? Like you start looking at the AFC, you're like, God, it might not be as good. Like the Chargers, you know, right, 10, 11, right. 9, somewhere in that range. The Colts now no luck. The Texans, yeah, it's gonna be it's just gonna be harder for the Colts to get to to get to nine or ten. Uh, the the Ravens are just might have. I mean, who knows? You just got to keep an eye on the Steelers. I'm not gonna overreact to their one game. The Browns. Yeah, just those two teams to me are on a different level. And you could say, I would say the Chargers as a regular season team, but, you know, they just, they lost their their left tackle as blood clots. Melvin Gordon, it doesn't even matter, but the the Derwin James, like Derwin James for them playing the Chiefs is a big deal because he covers Travis Kelsey. Uh, let's see. What? Oh, I mean, John, the Browns. Titans kicked the Browns' ass. You, you Three were, picks for Baker. Well, you were texting me last night about some comments that you saw. What, what was your takeaway from that game? Oh, well, I don't think the the Browns post-game, you know, people ask Baker, you know, people think, and he immediately kind of snapped, which I am all for the I don't care what other people think perspective. Like, I'm with that, especially when you're a player. Like, who cares what the narratives are? But it did feel like this team was kind of, complicit in helping build the narrative that they were going to be the team that takes the league by storm. So it wasn't like it was happening outside of them and they were just keeping their heads down, nose to the grindstone, minding their own business, narrative be damned. Like they were feeding into the hype. Then they get their ass kicked. They get asked about the hype and they kind of snap. Like Baker did the, I don't give a damn what anybody says. And then Jarvis did the, don't ask me, don't ask me about what anybody else is saying. And then somebody said, well, how about not playing many snaps in the preseason? Was that a factor in the slow snart? And he gave him the man. Don't ask me. Don't ask me that question. You can't ask me that question. And the reporter's like, okay, but yeah, I can absolutely. You just got beat forty-three to thirteen. I think most questions are on the table here today. I completely agree. There probably wasn't a team 
and I, I saw Dion last night on NFL Network. Like they did win seven games last year, and we did not crown them, but a lot of people were hyping them up. And a big part of it was Baker Mayfield. I, two things jumped out to me. One is Jeff Schwartz texted me like late in the game. They had 16. I don't know what their total was, but at one point in time, they had 16 accepted penalties, guy. They had their game ended 18 accepted penalties. Accepted. You have to preface that because clearly they had more that did not get accepted. 18 penalties, 182 yards. I don't know what the NFL record is. Probably a Raider game. That's fucking high. For week one, 18 accepted penalties, that's insane. Then the other thing that jumped out to me, Baker Mayfield threw three picks. One of them was a pick six, but picks a little like Jimmy, where the ball's late, their timing was off, that was just like, whoa. And I'll even add a third thing. My takeaway, just watching the Browns, their their coach is an offensive guy, how tough are they? Like, is Odell Beckham a tough guy? Even Najoku, their tight end, which I think he had a touchdown. Uh, He did. He's he's a receiver. Jarvis is a slot receiver. They're kind of a soft team. Well, when you say think the Titans, and I give this guy credit because clearly when he just started rocking the mustache, probably in training camp, it was like a joke. I I would guess someone's just like, oh, fucking variable, you should shave a mustache, and then he does it, and he just kind of keeps it going. Like he's not Andy Reid wears a mustache, right? Some people Bochi wears a mustache. Variable's not a mustache guy. He's doing it as a joke. But now he can't shave it because they're winning and playing well. So he's just wearing the joke. He's like the ultimate guy's guy bro kind of move. He's like a frat guy type move. So it's funny. But the one when you say Mike Vrabel, you go, that team, he's a tough fucking guy. Because someone texted me yesterday, like, I feel Vrabel's like Jack Del Rio. I'm like, there are some similarities, but I think Vrabel's like a high-level Del Rio. Because I, I look at who associates with Vrabel. Like Urban hired him when he got his coaching start. Belichick calls him the smartest player he's ever had. Uh, th- there was a story about Vrabel. I saw that came out a couple weeks ago on the Athletic that their linebacker coach at the time used to put on like the twentieth page of the game plan on mo- on Monday when they got it or Tuesday. Maybe it was like the thirtieth page. It was way deep in there. Just a blank page that had a sheet. Come to my office at four o'clock on Tuesday afternoon and get a hundred dollars. And he said Mike Vrabel never did not show up at four o'clock on the dot. You know, so or maybe he, he would think after the first day, yeah, after he, the first he changed time it the happened. page. Mike never told anybody, but I'm just saying, like this guy's on a different level. Like you know, Mike Vrabel's a good coach guy. I, I think that's, that's a great lesson, John. Yeah, just always read. When I had a I had a teacher in third grade, and one time I I will remember this exercise for the rest of my life. Miss Marks at the time, now Mrs. Heck. There was a hundred instructions on the board, and the first inst- it was whoever finished first gets the Snickers bar on the board. Jumbo size. And the first instruction you just had to do, maybe it was 50 things. It was a lot of things. You got to do everything. Whoever finishes all the things first. Instruction number one, read all the instructions through before you begin. Everybody, all 35 kids ignored that instruction. If you had read all the way through, instruction like 50 was just, you don't have to do any of the things in front of this. Just walk up, come up to me and say you're done. Yeah. But of course, nobody did that. But it wasn't 100 bucks. But it was 100 bucks to kids. Um, it, I mean, Vrabel's out here to save the Belichick coaching tree, John. Well, do, do you agree that, like, Belichick's, I mean, it's pretty clear, like, Vrabel knows what he's doing. Last year, yeah. they almost made the playoffs with backup quarterbacks. This year, in an opening game, on the road, they didn't just win. I mean, they kicked the shit out of them. 43-13. to 13. What's the equivalent in college on 43-13? to 13? Like, 70-7? to 7? Like, that is a ass-whooping. Yeah. Forty, because think about this: 
the highest scoring average on most NFL years is like 27 points, 28 points. 43 points is a beatdown. Did you know that game was 12 to 6 at halftime? Uh I well yeah, it was it was close once Baker started because it snowballed fast. The the Titans got a big I think they got a big Derrick Henry run and yep, then like the did. next series Baker throws a pick and he it snowballed. I think it went three straight plays or three straight series where he threw a pick. So it because you look at the box, they scored 21 points in the fourth quarter. So it wasn't your typical, like, they kind of came out and just blew them out. Like the Chiefs. The Chiefs had, like, 28 points ahead. Like, it was just they were scoring at will. This was not that. But they're tougher, smarter, sharper, more physical. They just broke them. And that would be my concern. Like, the Titans are probably a fringe playoff team, right? Or one of those teams, like a better version of the Bills, that come Thanksgiving will be like, ah, oh, the Titans can make the playoffs. Where the Browns... I mean, is there a chance the Browns are just a disaster? Do you remember Del Rio's first year? The Browns are a higher level of this, but there was some like early kind of could the Raiders make the playoffs? Could the Raiders be a playoff team? And then that yeah. first game against the Bengals, a playoff team, it, a similar score. I think it was like 48 to 14 because Derek came out and McGloin made a score, a couple late, late touchdowns that were just completely garbage time touchdowns, but it was like, whoa. It, uh, there are some parallels to that to this. Now, this Browns team is more talented than that Raiders team on paper. But the – the and then Derek kind of battled back and had a solid season. But you throw three picks after everyone's kind of anointed you in this top tier as being an elite wide uh, quarterback. And I, I kept saying this all offseason. I do think the hype on Baker was not matching just – it's not normal. Now I get we hype things up faster probably than we ever have but I even I just felt like him was probably accelerated and unfair for him now did he play a part in it surely but in his offensive line he was sacked five times he had an offensive his left tackle got kicked out for kicking a guy in the face I don't know if you saw the highlight it wasn't I did he was on the ground like it wasn't that crazy I mean it was stupid but I yeah, you didn't punt him. Yeah, right. well, you just you read the headline. You're like, hey, kick. yeah. I mean, it wasn't like Nadamikin Sue stepping on a guy's face. He was on the ground, right. just kind of kicking his legs. But three um, picks is three picks, and I, I thought that the two, especially the two last ones, had a Jimmy feel. Like they're just late. He's just ugly. Earlier before the pod, you asked me what was Kyler Murray's box score, and I said I'll wait until we start to tell you. So here it was: twenty nine of fifty four which was the number I wanted you to hear, 54 attempts, for 308, two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, Alyssa drafted Kyler Murray in her fantasy draft, and I told her she was crazy. And in the first half, I was looking pretty right. By the end, not so right. How many touchdowns did he throw? Two. He run for any? Including the one that tied the game with like 40 seconds left. Well, I guess they had to go for two because then he threw the two-point conversion too. What do you get for? But I was watching some of those highlights. Like God, Larry Fitzgerald, the poor guy, and then he ends up scoring the touchdown that gets him to overtime. I was on multiple text chains. I, I tweeted this out that the amount of <laughs> that was shit a good that, tweet. the amount of shit that was being talked about. Kyler being one of the most overhyped number one picks in the history of the league, and how people comparing him to Russell Wilson is is just malpractice, and it was just crazy. And then all of a sudden, I, I stopped paying attention because the Niner game ends. I'm like, I'm gonna go to the gym, and. I just assumed that game, it was like 24-6. But again, it was 24-6 the last time you were paying attention. It was 24-6 when he had 50 yards passing. Like, ah, they're getting killed. Kingsbury's getting blasted on Twitter. And then I see on Twitter right when I get to the gym, like, oh my God, Patricia's going to blow this game, isn't he? 
And then so I get there, flip it on, and it was tied. When I flipped it on, it was an overtime. That's It was 24-6 in the second half, and then they went to overtime, and they ended up tying. What are your feelings? People on Twitter were kind of blasting Kingsbury late in the overtime. Okay. On his own side of the field. So, like, he's, you know, 70 yards to go, like third and long. And he doesn't get it. And then on fourth down, he punts. But there's, like, two minutes left where he's clearly going to punt, play defense. Best case scenario, he's, gonna, he's, like, playing to tie. Yeah. Are you okay with playing to tie in that situation? Or you what, gonna, was the to-go? what was you know, the to-go? It was, like, go fourth or? and eight or something. But he's yeah. at, like, his own 30-yard line. Playing not to lose. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I hate it, but I, I understand it. It's week one. You know? So, like, you can justify, like, we can't just give away a loss when we don't have to. Yeah. If it's, like, week 12 and you're one win, like, what are you doing here? You know? I, it didn't bother me. But, yeah, I, I, I say this all the time. Kyler's the least of my worries. Like, he, he has, he's accurate. He definitely can run. Now, he's, a, he's tiny. I mean, he looks really small. But he's definitely really talented. My question is, there were a couple highlights in the first half. Like, check out Vance Joseph's defense. Two of their touchdowns were just wide open, blown coverages, total joke. And you just, are they going to be able to, Leach is the air raid, right? That's what they call the offense, the air raid offense. Mm -hmm. Cliff Kingsbury ran the same thing at Texas Tech, right? The air raid offense. And that's that's what Graham Harrell. There's now, different like yeah. you know USC runs it. They want Graham Harrell wants to run the ball more. I think Cliff probably does too than Leach. But yeah, but 55. Now they were down. When you're down 24 six, feels like probably insurmountable at the time when your offense is so shitty. So that is he really going to throw 55 plus attempts or 54 plus attempts every week? Probably not. But he's probably. From a fantasy standpoint, he's going to get his attempts, right? There are not going to be many Cousins days for him. One, his team's not going to be good enough to ever do that. But wouldn't you say, if you had to guess right now, if I said over-under, if he starts all 16 games, stays healthy, does he average 39.5? Are you taking the over-under passes a game? Yes, probably over. 54 would be on the high end, but I don't think there's going to be many 28s, right? That's just because that again. I'm just talking about the offense. That's not really their offense, right? Because you your, your runs are sometimes are. I mean, your passes sometimes are runs. Because I think if we went back and looked at the Texas Tech days, unlike Graham Harrell, like what his philosophy is at at USC now, they want to run the ball a little bit more. Where he, Kingsbury was more true to it, like Leach, where it's like we're gonna we're gonna fucking throw because they were always throwing a tech. Their running backs were just kind of like a contingency plan if they needed a little help <laughs> they don't need them because Leach doesn't rely on his running backs right when they're hot he'll ride them but he, he relies on them to catch passes yeah. yeah well how many like what well, look David Johnson had six catches yesterday so they're gonna they're gonna throw that's the ball low. to the running back that's low for an air raid running back it is but only because they I don't know if you noticed but Kingsbury and Steve Kimes they drafted like 17 receivers in the 2019 draft alone so they just got a lot of receivers. While you're talking, I'm going back trying to find Russell Wilson's first 50 attempt game, and I'm. Oh uh, yeah, I'm, I mean it, it. John, I'm at 2017. I haven't found one yet. Now he had a 49. Has he ever had a 50 attempt game? I I, I do think you'll get him killed if you do that. I don't think he had uh, 20. Did he? Unless he had 50 attempts this week. 
I don't think he's ever had a 50-attempt game. I, I, now, he did throw for three, his first 300-yard game was in the playoffs his rookie year. He didn't throw for 300 yards until the, sec, until the playoffs. Falcons. Against the Falcons, yeah. Um, but I don't think he's ever had a 50-attempt game. That was just a quick quick search. He had a 49. I don't think he's had a 50-attempt game. I just threw all the game logs. I, I vividly remember reading an article the next year, one of those classic coming into the season articles where a lot of people were picking Seattle you know, to make a run. I think that next year they won the Super Bowl. <clears throat> and uh, the, the article was based on the premise of after that game, Russell, like most of the team, went to the locker room. Russell stood in like the hallway of the entrance to head toward the locker room where he could still see the field and watch the Falcons celebrate. He's like, I, I want to taste this. I want to feel this. And like Pete walked by and Pete stopped. And he's like, we're never going to let this happen to us again, Pete. And that was like the whole article, like how the whole offseason had been driven by that moment of those two guys we refuse to let this happen to us again. And, it, you know, a lot of times that exact article, like that team, like, sucks or whatever. You know, it's like it just gets forgotten. In the, but I've never forgotten that, and they, their career changed. Now, the difference is, like, I just – this team stinks. And the one – I would say the one thing that you're able to throw with Kyler a lot, Russell's a magician, right, behind the line of scrimmage. But he's not super explosive fast. He just has these, like, incredible subtle moves. Well, he just does the 360 right when you're about to yeah. touch him. Kyler's like a little fucking uh, Sonic the Hedgehog flying around back there. He's Wouldn't you say he's much more explosive behind the line of scrimmage just taking off? Because he's just so fat. He's just much quicker than Russell. It's weird to say because Russell doesn't... Russell avoids a lot of shit too, but Kyler will just like run seven yards where the guy's right there and then he's seven yards away. And the guy's like, Jesus! The guy's fast. <laughs> he does flick the football. I do like the way he flicks the well, football. Well, guy, he, he can... There is no disputing his just physical attributes, his speed, his arm strength. The one throw to Larry, not the touchdown, but one in, I think, to on that final drive where he hits him like way down the sideline. It was just like, God, that's a badass throw. I'll, I'll give another guy that we talked about him earlier that can flick it is Lamar has a little flick of the wrist where you're like, mm-hmm. damn, that ball. Mm-hmm. You know, for a guy that was going to play wide receiver in Polian's mind, he did have decent arm strength. I mean, no, he had an above average arm. Anything else? Pats look great. Uh, Eli shouldn't run. Giants, man. They, I, you know, I'm. Would you say Kellen Moore being a sweet coach is not shocking? I would agree. I would say it's not shocking. Yes. When you just know the way the boys you guys talked about him, when you know his family history, who's a lifetime coach, when you know how Chris Peterson. The way they just thought about, it. then even as a player, like he's the ultimate. He he felt like Peyton Manning as a player, just this surgeon. Uh, I, I I just I couldn't be any more bullish on. I mean, it's it's pointing to him being a head coach in the NFL, and like, are the Cowboys gonna let him? You know, I'd forgotten this when I was at drinks with Lund. He had worked with that in Dallas and he covered the Cowboys and that was on like Cowboy station. And he was telling me, you know, I'm sure one of Jerry's great regrets is him and Bill Parcells were starting to butt heads, you know, right. Remember like the mid two thousands and he was going to fire Bill, but one year he just let him come back. And that was the same year that Sean Payton, who was his offensive coordinator and was like, a can't miss up and coming coach. Like everyone's like, this guy's going to be head coach. This guy's going to be head coach. He was going to fire Bill Parcells for him, but he waited a year, and Sean went to the Saints. Like, that mm. was going to be his head coach. Mm. And you just wonder, like, now, Jerry doesn't hate Bill Parcells. Or, I mean, hate Jerry, Jason Garrett. So that's that makes it a little complicated. Like, he likes Jason Garrett. 
But if the Cowboys, let's say, win 12 or 13 games, and it's clear, like, Kellen takes them to another level. Their passing game just dominates. How is Kellen Moore, the way that's all playing out, not a head coach next year? Unless he denies the opportunity. Yeah, unless he wants to just keep doing what he's doing because he's so young. He feels like he's got time. The last thing I want is to be in some bad situation where I can just keep doing this until... But you is, agree they win 12 Jason games. Jason Garrett's not old. No, but my point is, like, they win double-digit games and their offense is... Com- way sweeter how does he not interview like people are going to want to interview oh him, there's right? no no question but but if you win double digit games like is bill really firing jason garrett after they win double digit games well no is jerry sorry really firing no jason? he's not that, that's that's why i'm saying it gets a little complicated yeah. because it was easy with parcells he didn't like do you just he, pay him like do you do you, are you willing to just pay him like a head coach to keep him around remember he did that before with jason garrett he gave him huge cash to be the offensive coordinator couldn't you just pay they do it with josh mcdaniels now, as Jason said, he's like, Jerry used to call me Keelan, so it's a, it's a step up that he knows my name now. <laughs> it's just... That's pretty funny. I'm a big Callum Moore guy. Yep. Okay. That's... All yeah. right. So what do we got? My bookie, promo code HAM. Yep. DraftKings, download the app, promo code HAM. Ease.com, yep. Ease Wellness, promo code HAM. Oh, my bookie, promo code HAM1. HAM1. Excuse me. HAM1. I got to reach out to them today to... Make sure we're getting double credit. And uh, what else we got? Oh, SeatGeek, promo code HAM. Did you say E? Yeah, there you go. Ease, ease.com, Ease Wellness, promo code HAM. SeatGeek, promo code HAM. Yep. yep. Got it. Awesome. All right. All right. All right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.